previously on Elite Week. Optimisms for assholes and earthers. If you're the fucking reason why I can't finish that Vermont country dollhouse, I will fucking end you. If someone ever tries to kill you, you try to kill them right back. I should just believe that what they say
Hello, hello, and welcome to Elite Week, episode 39, Friday, September 18th, 2020, Galactic Water Cooler. Woo. Are you guys ready to party? Because I'm Kaizen, and uh, it's time to do this. We got Roy Cookson in the house. Say hello, Roy. Happy Friday, everyone. Hell yes. We got Arson Cross on the tech. Say hello, Arson. Who took my lighter? We got Tweak74 representing the OPIX boys coming in rich. They Ferengi that shit up and got to number one in the money list. Say hi. That's right. Got that gold medal trophy for all our boys. Happy Fun. Friday night, everybody. You think we had fun last week? Buckle up for tonight. And we've got Commander Edelweiss, Ben Moss Woodward. He's told us that he is in the cockpit right now, completely naked, waving at all of you, saying hello. Ben, give us a nipple shot and say hi. I am tweaking my nipples for you right now, and I am coming at you right from my bed. It is 1.12 in the morning over here. That's right. Those I'm, weird... on, I'm on caffeine and alcohol. <laughs> Those weird British people, they live in the future. Right on. Talking more in the future, my... I have been told that my flatmate, who is from Australia, might be raiding me at some point because he knows I'm live on air this morning. Beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. All right. So it's Friday, the 18th. It's been a pretty goddamn good week for those of you who have been uh, paying attention in Elite Dangerous Galaxy. Our cover art this week is Viper in Red by Vex Matrix Matraxis. That's right. At Commander CMDR Vex on Twitter. Check his shit out because he makes some awesome stuff. Uh, let's see here. Our uh, pre-stream countdown obviously was courtesy of Commander Orange Phoenix of the SPVFA, who we love dearly. And our opening song was Go by Altier featuring Jesse Cochran. Our closing song will be Blue Boy by Lakey Inspired. All right, so let's get started right away. First off, those of you guys that have been uh, rescuing uh, people from burning stations, one of them is Tsiolkovsky Station. And I just want you to know that on this day in 1857, Russian pioneer space theorist Konstantin Tsiolkovsky was born. In 1883, he proposed the method of propulsion in space travel and established that as the most efficient chemical combination that would be liquid hydrogen and oxygen. And we're still using that hydrox today to get our shit up in space. So big salute to that crazy fucking Russian. We also have a salute to give out to none other than Commander Stephen Benedetti. His birthday was yesterday. Celebrated in Scotland, having a good time. So, you know, big salute to him. And also, I just want to give a little shout out to uh, Art's wife, Arthur Tolmy's wife, who tweeted last week a video clip. They were watching Elite Week on the TV, and she was uh, raving about the landing skills of one uh, Arson Cross. So hello, hello to you out there. Uh, Art and his <laughs> wife, and also... Can I, can I just make a confession, actually, about our wife? Whoa, whoa, nope. No, you cannot. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, okay, on, on the I'll make a confession, screen. and if it's okay, 
Fine. If not, that's going to get edited because we don't talk about people's wives like that. Go ahead. On the Frontier stream, I said something along the li lines of, hey, Arf, uh, does your wife have any nice stuff to sell at the moment? Something like that. Yes, because she makes stuff like, uh, she makes nerd stuff she like makes Etsy style. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And awesome. That's awesome what stuff. I meant by it. And then Arf read it out on the stream live. I was like, oh my fucking god, that sounds really dodgy. Yeah. And so, like, as soon as he read it, I sent him a PM in Discord, like, oh, I really didn't mean it. It sounded way creepy. I meant she still some awesome geek stuff. Absolutely. It's great. What's she doing? And he was like, yeah, Jen makes really awesome, great stuff. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't being creepy, I promise. I mean, you say other that. Than the, other than the fact I'm obviously I'm seeing what she's doing on Twitter and, you know, stalking her and things like that. But uh, yeah. we don't worry about these things, do we? That, that doesn't count, does it? Okay, so remember where I said we would edit if we needed to? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's your story and you're sticking to it. Mm. Uh, I, have the, I have the photographic evidence. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> it was... It, it, it was... Um, it was super, super cool when she tweeted that out and she, yes she actually does have like very very cool stuff on uh it's etsy right it is on etsy that she sells her stuff i'm almost I can't i'm almost on it's either etsy or ebay one or the other i'm actually gonna pull it up real quick just to uh just because i i want to make sure i get it right so yeah. on twitter go to at little juice box one no spaces uh at little juice box one and when i go on here let's see here yeah little juice box one may have a uh a twitter stalker because that tweet made my day so much that uh it wound up with my wife uh <laughs> scoping her out okay again nice. we're gonna we're gonna back away from that line uh yeah so if you check out her stuff, she's got cool selling our huge range of Star Wars collectibles and others. They now take up too much space. So she's got cool stuff that that she's she's doing, and she's got other other stuff as they well. Got but, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So check all of that out. But we're gonna back away from the community lead community manager's wife now and move on to other stuff. So we got. Uh, let's see. Oh, for the Discord, for the Elite Week Discord, we added an auto pull for Galnet articles, for IRL space porn. We have a like a space images channel for like real space stuff. And we also have one for dev posts. So we're keeping track of all that stuff. And 56 years ago today, Saturn 1 launched for the seventh time at NASA's SA-7 mission. Uh, throw up a shot of that for the people, Arson. That is some good stuff. So it's been a great fucking day in history, and it's been a great day in Elite Dangerous this week. So we're going to go ahead and get it rocking. Uh, how about, Roy, do your thing? Okay. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube and would like to know how to catch our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com 
forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Midnight UTC. So come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. Right on. All right. So let's start off right away with a little guest interview of Commander Idilewise here. My husband Ken is a something with the something, and me wife Babs does other stuff. Ben. How you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic. I got a very good friend on, and we could geek out about the expanse later. But uh, tell <laughs> us about yes, fuck yeah, it has. Tell us a little bit about you for all the people that are like, who the hell is this guy? What do you oh, do, geez. man? Are you uh, have you ever been on any other podcast or you know uh, done any I've things on... with? Yeah, I've done several things. So I think you were on Hutton sh- once, sh- right? Sh- shall we? Shall we start <laughs> this? So I can start this, what year are we? 2020. So I can start this 46 years ago if you want. Or mm. we can just wind forward and, you know, maybe start when we do Elite. Or, you know, we're going to finish university. Or where, where do you want to start this? Uh, first day of the third grade. Go. First day. What's third grade in British things? I have no idea. Why don't oh. we start with Elite? Why don't we start okay, with start how'd with you elite. come to Elite? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, okay. So I came to Elite actually because of my school IT teacher um, back in back in the day we had BBC micros at school and I had a BBC micro at home as well and I'm not entirely sure how I'm assuming one of my parents spoke to my IT teacher who then basically gave me a pirated copy of Elite for the BBC and a few other things but you know Elite for the BBC was basically my jam uh, and I played the shit out of it. Um, I have actually confessed that to David Braben. Um, anyway, I played the shit out of Elite on the BBC. It was awesome. I loved it. Frontier came out just as I was finishing school slash starting university. So I was more into girls and things like that than video games. Um... Same goes for Frontier First Encounters, obviously. Elite Dangerous came out, and by that time I was married, so I was more into video games than women. Um, <laughs> and we'll just leave that Makes there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm married now. You know, chance of getting anything is just forget about it. <laughs> um, so I backed the Elite Dangerous all the way back in the Kickstarter mm-hmm. uh, for, I think it was about 50 pounds. Uh, the level that basically got me a Cobra. It was like the original Cobra, and what, they were then advertising $100, mm. which was what you started out with in Elite. Um, and that also got me the music and things like that as well. And access um, to Shindes. 
Um, can't remember if that was in Kickstarter. All the Kickstarter backers got Shindes. I thought they had to be above a certain level for it, but maybe I, I can't remember now. Mm. Anyway, I relatively rapidly jaunted up from the the basic thing. Sorry, you guys all know what jauntying up is, I'm assuming. No. Okay. No, back during the, the Kickstarter days. <laughs> yeah. Back during the Kickstarter days, there was a certain commander called Jaunty. Mm. And seemed like every day he'd go off and say, I've given this Kickstarter another fifty dollars. I've given it another fifty I've given it another fifty. And we just say, kept saying he's jaunting up and it just became a, a meme at the time. Mm. Uh, with the Kickstarter chat com comment community. Yeah. Um, so I, I eventually, by the end of the Kickstarter, I was jaunted up to the cheap... I, I think I was jaunted up to the cheap beta backer. Um, okay. Which was, um, I think, if I remember correctly, that was about £90. Fair. Um, and that would get me access to the, the standard beta, I think they were calling it. Um... And then after that, then the then I from all this, I then got into the Skype community where we all started talking about elite and things like that. So I was on the forums and you know just hanging out basically. Mm. Got into Skype, um, met, well, got started talking with certain well-known commanders like Psycho Cow and Bozer, mm -hmm. Alan Stroud, Chris Jarvis. Mm -hmm. um, I, I remember seeing or listening to Lave Radios way back, early, early Lave Radios, and I swear yeah. to Christ, you sound like you're like 12 fucking years old, and you're like, ah, Brandon, <laughs> I'm so earnest, I've got tips for you. Uh, you sure that wasn't Colin? No, Colin was different. Oh, Colin was the one that was like, I'm the one that remembers everything about the old... That, that was during... Oh, so... Um, Grant basically got me. Grant got me hooked on. Mm. You know, you you know how generous and lovely Grant is. He he gave yeah. me access to his son's Elite Dangerous account because I didn't think my PC would run it, mm. and it did. And basically, as soon as I found out that my PC could run it, I went off and immediately up myself to the alpha level, and I had to get in right the fuck now. Are we up Beautiful. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, you can say anything you fucking like. Oh, it's all God. right. That's that's okay then. So I, I as soon as Grant basically swung me full way into the alpha so I, I paid the alpha levels and I was like damn you this is too fucking good and it was awesome and mm. you know playing the alpha for that first time with the four scenarios was a dream come true for me it really was mm. um, then from that I went along to the oh Lave Radio had a had the very first LaveCon down in Cheltenham Spa, I think it was, in a holiday or something like that in Cheltenham Spa, mm. where there was like about less than less than fifty people there, but did include certain notables like Mike Brooks and um, Drew and all the, loads of book authors. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the whole whole crew. Mm. And from that, I then basically got invited in to do the retro lay stuff, which was going on at the time. Uh, and then from that, I got invited onto Lay Radio, and we got into Dockers, 
and <laughs> fucking and Dockers. I love Dockers. Dockers, is, Do Dockers, Dockers is, great. is I love Dockers so badly. I, I miss. I need more it's Dockers funny. in my life. It's funny. I I I bump into some people. Well, not bump into, but I, I'll say Dockers sometimes. People are like, yeah, Dockers is great, and I'll be like, all right, what's your favorite part? And then you're like, and I'm like, uh, maybe you know. The stuff with McDargoids, the stuff with the fucking the guy who's like the the crazy uh, uh, German security officer oh, guy, Hans Hans, <laughs> Hans off or whatever, and then you you're jacked off a lot. Yeah, hello, hello, isn't he? No, Hans Gruber was in. Uh, Hans Gruber was uh, the bad guy in Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard. Yeah, that's a Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and there's you know there's. Hell yes, your excellence, the, the secretary. <laughs> Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. Mog. Uh, one of the best things about being a virtual LaveCon this year was we had proper Michelle and yes. the voice actor who does that. You know, no mm. offense meant to Steph. I love Steph to bits. She's awesome. <laughs> but the guy who plays Michelle <laughs> knocks it out of the park every single time. He is amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely, um, that. But I, yeah, I, yes, love Dockers. Uh, you do a little show now called Lave Radio that people might have heard. You kind of bury the lead there. Do a little show called Lave Radio. Yeah, we've done. Mm-hmm. You guys oh, have done like at least eight episodes. 12, I think we're on now. I think you guys have done at least twelve or thirteen episodes. Yeah, you're up and coming. One or, one or two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, think, oh, I was talking to Frontier about it the other day. I was about. I think we've got over six hundred hours of content out there now. Whew. And uh, and you also do some editing for a little project uh for a little podcast uh, uh a little saggy, saggy a little saggy a little saggy, a little sa- yeah. yeah it's a little saggy in the middle uh yeah yeah oh, it's in more fact- the management stuff of the saggy things that i get involved with this the sheep herding and things yeah in fact well, I you know, owe you- kind of commandeered all the editing and i can't really complain because he does it so well beautiful and i i owe you a piece i'm gonna record first thing in the morning i'm recording my saggy yeah, I've, uh, so. I've recorded my saggy bits already. Beautiful, beautiful. So you're kind of all over the elite community between, you know, being one of the four main, you know, hosts on Lave Radio, well, current ones, yeah. being, uh, you know, in in management of the podcast uh, over on Saggy, and 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 being jacks off a lot from uh, from uh, Beyond Dockers. It keeps, it keeps me out of out of trouble. Yeah, man, we're gonna actually commandeer you. You're gonna be from now on. You're gonna be the uh, the um, let's well, see. Tell you what, fifth, you commandeer be us the fifth I'll, host. Can I, can we commandeer <laughs> to do our technical stuff? Absolutely, and you can be the fifth host Uh-oh. over at uh, at uh, Loose Screws from now on. Arson, I just <laughs> I just pimped your ass out. <laughs> what is this football? Oh, I'm sorry. You could be the the uh, the fifth uh, host over here at Elite Week. I was going to send you to Loose Screws, but no, we won't. We won't. That's too painful. <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> so, uh, I have in the show notes your Twitch for Lave Radio, your Twitter for Lave, or YouTube for Lave Radio, uh, the Lave Radio Discord, yep. and of course your Twitter. Got, got them all there for you. Right, yeah. So yep. people can can go check out this little this it's a new podcast it's called um i think it's lave lave radio you should check it out i hear that they're gonna i hear that they're sort of okay i don't know they're up and coming 
Um, so yeah, so we're, 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 we try to be the British version of Elite Week. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> that's fucking awesome! I can't wait till Colin hears that. All right, so <laughs> stick with us as we go on our drunken rant, uh, leaden uh, uh, tour through the uh, Elite Dangerous Galaxy. So let's start off with the Dark Wheel update. The Dark Wheel is doing things. We're all over the place. So 5455, we are uh, killing it. Uh, we there's, there's a civil war that's tying up 18% of the influence, but everyone uh, in the entire system, with one exception, there's one group at 10%, everyone else is sub 10%, and we've got all the rest of the influence. The second that this stupid uh, uh, nine, two groups at 9%, the second that their stupid civil war ends, we're going to crash the hell out of them. And we will be pending expansion uh, for Monday. So we're good to go on that. As far as sort of the rest of the systems where we're at, everything is looking fantastic. We are... 4979 is looking good. The second that the expansion, um, what is it? The pending expansion and expansion debuff wears off so that we can expand again. We will expand again out of 4979 on our way to Lave. If only I knew the guy who runs the Lave Radio Navy, I could make contact with him and we could make some backroom shady deal where I give him, you know, I don't know, naked pictures or something and, and he lets us uh, move into Laven and, and come hang out. For the record, for the record, Ben, I'm not saying we want to take over Laven. We we yeah. don't really. No. We'll just just move in and be neighbors with you. Can, can, can I say who I've been liaising with? I don't know how, if he's official or if he's just on the QT. Crypto? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it's absolutely... Crypto's, been, crypto's yeah. been speaking with me. Um, mm -hmm. I know he's actually, he's on loan from Terror X, he was saying. Mm -hmm. uh, so Crypto's been speaking with me and I know that you guys are coming in, saying hi, you know, and then you're going to piss out. off again. Yeah. Uh, I don't, were we, were, were you expecting us to piss off? I don't know if you're pissing off or not. I know you, I, know I thought we would stay, out. I thought we yeah. would stay forever and just be, uh, but well, I mean, you're, you're, but, you're but, picking a federal, federal group out, I believe. Yeah, well, well, I mean, uh, whatever, but like, got to crack some we, eggs, right? We didn't, we didn't want to take over or anything, like, Lave Radio, the Lave Navy would oh, yeah. run the system, would just be hanging out you're just chilling. uh yeah so it's it's i want to see when we move into lave what happens it'll be interesting um let's be honest probably nothing but whatever i'm more interested to see what happens when you move in some other places yes uh we will by halloween we will check soul we'll see if that's possible and we're aiming for trying to get it by around January to uh, to get into uh, uh, 509 or to get next mm -hmm. to 509, which see, sees if that unlocks a permit for 509. So, so many tests, so many things coming up, but everything is looking really, really good for uh, the Dark Wheel project. And I am kind of a little amazed that with all of the stuff, even including uh, the uh, 
you know, the, um, what do you call it? Uh, community, goal. community goals and all that. We're not losing people. People are still sticking with it. I think people are like, oh, we're going to run over here and we're going to do some stuff for the community goal. And then we're going to come back and we're going to do some stuff for the dark wall. And I'm, I am absolutely thrilled and loving it. It's fantastic. I will say that HR 4979, we own a little station there called Iqbal Terminal. And apparently uh, Frontier said that station needs to get uh, bigger. Needs to, you need to have a nice big station there for people to go and get there. Get there. Uh, they're going to be embiggening it, are they? Yes, they're going to be embiggening it majorly, big time. Uh, and I just saw that meme with the the the, the uh, Yoda balloon, and that shit is hilarious. Uh, but like, yeah, like so so. That's that's an awesome thing. Things are 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 looking very very well for us. It sounds almost boring to just every week like the news is everything is great. working for us, and it's like, <laughs> but that's the news. Everything's going that's what great. Happens so when BGS works as a team, yes. Next week, we will have news for you. Well, actually, we won't really because next week it'll just be we're pending expansion waiting to move in, but we will be at least pending. And that'll be exciting because we will be one jump away and every last one of our jumps has been a success. But when we jump one more time, if that's a success, we will land in the target system to test Soul. So stay tuned next week and we'll let you know what's up. Moving on to, well, okay, real quick. Does anybody want to hop in with anything at all on the uh, the Dark Wheel update? I'm just going to open this one up to anybody. Just just go first. I, I was just going to say, you know, it's great that uh, there's been no diminishing of the effort uh, with all these things going on. I think it just shows that there's plenty of room in this game for more things to go on. And, and it just yep. makes people more excited to play more. So that's great. Full speed ahead. Absolutely. All right, Ben, you got anything about your new neighbors? You, you uh, shift the American types? Make make sure you bring the beer. Right on. Well, I'll bring uh, the I, beer. I was thinking we'd bring the Imperial sex slaves or something too, you know. Yeah. Handshake deals, make everybody no, I, happy. I know you Americans are into your slavery, so if you want. Oh, <laughs> too soon, too soon. All right, so moving on to Frontier News. Uh, whoo. Frontier News is, uh, it's been a good week. So let's start with patches. There weren't any, but that's okay because we didn't need any. We had it last week. We're good to go. So streams. Monday was Super Cruise News number five stream. And that was uh, Art uh, and uh, Stephen Benedetti back from his uh, vacation, his little week off last week. And uh, that is actually a previous one that you're playing there uh, with, uh, womp, with Bruce. Womp, womp, womp. Oops. That's okay, though. <clears throat> so it was Art and Steven, and they uh, hung out and were talking stuff, and it was good times. They One thing that they did mention I want to bring up, <clears throat> they did mention uh, the new system that was dedicated to Star that was renamed Evelyn's Light. That star was renamed in uh, as a memorial for uh, the daughter of Commander Jello Wiggler, uh, his uh, young daughter um, passed on. And Frontier, he, he had made a plea that he uh, just wanted some touchstone of her in, in this game that he loved so much. And Frontier 
first put him in touch with uh, Drew Wagar, who wrote a um, uh, very, very touching story in game. Uh, well, he wrote a touching story that was set in the Elite Dangerous Galaxy that, or universe. And, uh, and then they just recently announced that they had dedicated this system to her. And uh, I believe there is also a point of interest. There's a, a, a beacon there that has uh, some some stuff. I don't want to. I know what it is, but I don't want to give it away because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But uh, it's a very very beautiful and very touching dedication that Frontier were kind enough to to give. It's a, it's kind of a weird place. It's a weird thing because it's as a company. They're being very, very cool to sort of show the love and grant this this wish. But I know there's got to be some sort of a fine line there between like how much uh, how much effort they really can go to for dedications and stuff. So I think they want to keep it sort of a little more on the rare side, but on on special occasions, uh, they, you know, they did say to send them emails, though, and they would take it on a case by case situation. So, yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Um, so it's, it, it, you know, it's just, uh, um, it, it's just very, very beautiful. And I wanted to say thank you to them and, and call it out, but I don't want to make it seem trivial. This is, you know, sort of a very sort of serious thing. Um, and then they talked about all kinds of things and they did some, uh rescues or attempts at rescues uh steven did with the uh at the burning station there at uh i think it was at Corito and and um yeah it was a good chat then thursday they did the featured commander stream with the galactic academy so you had orange spark and jane turner uh who uh for those of you who don't know uh jane turner is beast i mean an absolute bgs genius and uh and 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 both her and uh orange spark are uh very very cool long term like very learned about sort of all aspects generally of the game um and they went on a tour with uh arthur and a brand new commander and sort of took them around to a bunch of guardian sites and explained how sort of guardian sites work and different materials to get and what you need to look for, where you find your listings for the items that you need for your blueprints and whatnot. And it was a very, very cool stream. And I want to call out uh, Art on on this. Um, they sort of had a little, some. Uh, he had like some technical difficulties with his computer getting started or whatever, but as a result, they were sort of a little late getting to the stuff and art uh was very very cool and gracious with this time as as were you know all of the people there on the stream and they ended up staying like super super late it turned out to be like a i don't know like a three hour stream or whatever to get everything in but it's very very good time and there was lots of fun obviously fun silly conversations and discussions going on the entire time and including Ben's comment about Art's wife and whatnot. And and it was just, it was a good time, good chat, uh, really, really good stuff. Uh, forum post, Frontier posted stellar screenshots update 
there is they're going to Bruce is working on like a project to revamp some of the stellar screenshot stuff and they're going to be like giving out prizes and stuff so they're going to sort of kick it up a notch and take it to the next level why don't we stop there and give everybody an opportunity to comment on the streams the forum posts and whatnot let's start with uh roy go ahead roy and then after that'll be arson yeah um i guess the one i'd i'd want to touch on is uh i met uh commander jello wiggler back at the beginning of the year in the Dest distant screws uh, expedition um mm -hmm. spent a fair bit of time with, with him and others uh you know you have lots of time when you're cruising between stars and just looking at stuff and uh was really touched by that story and also by the amount of support everybody on that expedition gave and and the tribute uh out at sag sag a and and uh just i'm really um i just i guess just really grateful that it's all turned out this way it's just it's just been uh, a really nice um just a really nice thing a lot of people putting in a lot of support so i just wanted to shout out for that yeah i'm i'm not gonna lie uh when all that stuff was going on so <sighs> jello lives in canada and he was on one end of canada with uh, their youngest child and the wife was on the other end of Canada with Evelyn uh, who was getting treatment uh, it, it was a, a situation with cancer and uh, at, at first like things were frustrating and whatever and then I think things were sort of like looking up and then it was just a sort of sudden downturn type situation and and when it happened when when he finally got the news he came on and it was like it, it was like sort of late and and uh uh i was like just i was literally laying in bed looking at the ipad on on discord just like doing some stuff and i was about to like crash and he popped in and he said something and i was like what the hell so i popped in like voice chat with him and that's when i sort of found out about what had just occurred and we ended up talking for like i don't know like hours or so I mean, he was just it was a, it was you know the worst day that you can imagine as a father and just gut-wrenching and the entire community everybody um you know at blue screws and the, the entire community uh sort of we all got together and uh um I had suggested like, why don't we do like sort of a tribute, a memorial, uh, and we could, you know, do something that's at SAG A and, and everybody, everybody sort of pitched in and, 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 uh, um, you know, frontier were very cool. And, and like I said, Drew did the story. It was, it was just a very, very touching moment. And a, a thing where like, uh, how a community, this, this community is, is just fucking incredible. So, um, Arson, your thoughts on all this, the, frontier week so far well for the uh the memorial uh thing you know as a father to my own little girl who occasionally she's not quite interested in elite yet that definitely hit me condolences go out um the other stream though the one that is actually uh on stream now um i was really really excited to see uh arthur just kind of go with it and just hang mm. out and not check out right when the hour original time would have mm -hmm. you know ended i thought that was really cool that's super stand up stand out and uh it's 
it's awesome absolutely tweet yeah i'd echo that as a father of four daughters myself my heart goes out to jello wiggler and props to fdev for taking the time and the effort and the cost the human touch it really makes me proud to be a fan of this game and a fan of frontier when they show a human touch like that and i kind of hope they continue this kind of thing in the right instances just absolutely more happy absolutely ben all right uh, not with negative nancy here but i guess mm. i think I, it, what what Arf did was awesome mm-hmm. you know, he stayed on till way after nine o'clock wasn't it oh yeah he stayed on for a long long time and that is freaking amazing. And you could tell he was enjoying just hanging out. Mm. And it was actually Orange Spark who had to pull the plug. Yeah. He's like, guys, I'm really sorry, but I was meant to finish about two hours ago. And yeah. my partner's going to kill me now. <laughs> um, and it was absolutely awesome of us to stay like that. Sure. On the other hand, I mean, I know, you know, when the show, when Frontier devs come and join us, I am very, very conscious that we've got a Frontier dev who's been working an eight-hour day and is now basically giving up two and a half to three hours of their own evening to come on and join us on the show. That is above and beyond. And, you know, because they started late and things like that, half face, and I I think at least partly because half is just enjoying hanging out. Mm Mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't become a precedent for Bruce and Stephen and Paul. Because, mm. you know, these guys have evenings and wives and kids and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I th- but I on think the other that... hand, it's absolutely freaking awesome that he did it. Yeah, I think all of the team, whether you're talking about Art or you're talking about Bruce or Stephen or Paul, they're all savvy enough to know how to set up boundaries so yeah. they're, they're if they want to stick for a three-hour stream they'll stick for a three-hour stream if they want to cut out at 48 minutes then you know they'll i think they, they can all handle themselves they're big boys oh, they're all big boys yes yeah. it's dangerous when if, if suddenly the community turns around and says well arthur stayed on till the 10 o'clock at night why don't you Oh, I don't think I don't. I, I think you know that everybody will be, turn around. Some some yeah, people will. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck them. Uh, the, yeah. the the guys uh, the guys can all handle themselves, so I'm sure that won't be a problem. And the fact that I think that it's more so an indication of that they have the freedom to stick for as long as they choose. And in this particular case, you know, maybe other days Art would have to leave earlier. But on this particular yeah. case, in this particular situation. He had the time, he was enjoying himself, and they, they went for, for a good while, and, and God bless all in And then they even went off and to see the, uh, the beacon, well, they tried to go and see the beacon, and then hmm. um, it was Jane, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Um, Jane gave them the wrong address. <laughs> hey, these but there was happen. an absolutely awesome second base they found. There you go. Um, but the be- they need to go and see a beacon, because the beacons are something special, too. And who's excited for this project that Bruce is working on with the uh, the prizes and stuff? The, for the, the sexy space porn. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm. Oh, as I, as I said to Orange Spark, I wish there were a meta tag library of 
elite dangerous media. Absolutely. That I can go those held under Creative Commons license, and I can go off and say, show me pink um Oh, it was in is that, is that a crate? Is it no, it was it a cobra he's in, isn't it? Uh, don't, yeah, he don't show a, me a pink cobra. He was in Daisy, the, the yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good so stuff. Show me all pink cobras and I see that, or show me orange spark, or, not orange sparks, orange third lanterns or flowers, mm. and you can go off and find all these things. And I would love something, some kind of resource like that. <laughs> right on. All right. Um, we know what they're going to give us, though. Yeah, let's dive into the Galnet News articles, because we got to keep it moving. We got a lot to go through here. So let's start off and hit them all. First, there was an inquiry into Starships 1 uh, destruction concludes. So this was the continuation of that thread of, you know, Admiral, or not Admiral, uh, Halsey, uh, President Jasmina Halsey's uh, Starship 1 that had itself a little Babylon 5 type uh, accident. That wasn't really an accident, wink, wink. So that thread continued then, uh, and that was on Saturday. Also on Saturday, the terror attacks used Thargoid-derived explosives. So that was a report from the IISS, the uh, Imperial Internal Security Services, that they were talking about the nature of the Neo-Marlinist attack on the um, on the, those stations. Then we had on Monday, September 14th, Prince Harold Duval was assassinated. And uh, it was just, you know, oh, it was just the initial reports, the news of all of that. That was followed up on Thursday, the 17th, with the death of a Duval, which was sort of the aftermath of the story of the assassination of uh, Prince Harold. Uh, Arissa Lavinia Duval made a uh, public statement. Uh, on behalf of the Empire, uh, as she is the Emperor, and, and said that we would have a day of mourning, uh, and there would be a procession at the Hall of Martyrs, and yada, yada, yada. And that was followed by a, a short little brief statement by everyone's favorite purple-haired princess, or blue-haired princess, rather, the uh, the uh, prismatic princess, uh, Ashling Duvall, who was like, they murdered my daddy, I don't love him no more. Uh, and then that was Thursday. Also on Thursday, the community support required for starport conversions. This is the Galnet story that tied into the community goal, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. And then Friday today, uh, arrest was made in Starship One criminal case. This is the first arrest. <clears throat> There's going to be more, uh, but it was... Uh, the engineer guy who, you know, whatever was supposed to be keeping the ship ship shape uh, gave uh, different people instructions to make modifications to things which caused shit to go uh, wackadoodle. And uh, that's not the kind of thing that normally somebody does just on their own. In general, whenever there's an assassination, someone is attempting to create a power vacuum. So my uh, thought process is, Look at who moved into that power vacuum, and you've got a pretty good hint as to who was behind the assassination plot. I'm looking at you, President Trump. I mean, uh, President uh, Hudson. Uh, let's see. So let's get your guys' thoughts on all of these. Yeah, well, you know what? No, I'm going to continue on, and we're going to hit the community goals as well, and then we'll get your thoughts on all those. 
So next up after that is community goals. There are two community goals that are happening right now. They started yesterday. They're going to continue until next Thursday, uh, like one o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. The two community goals are to create five uh, stations each that are going to be, they're taking shoebox stations and they're upgrading them to big old stations. Now, one company is creating or, or is they have a goal to create five Orbis stations and the other company has a goal to create five Coriolis stations. This is not a competition CG. This is two CGs and literally we can get no upgrades or we can get 10 upgrades or we can get anywhere in between. It depends on us as commanders to see how many big old stations do we want. So now let's now that we've got all of that out of the way and we've already before day one even let out, we had already achieved the first of the, uh, you know, of the uh, 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 levels or whatever of success. So we're going to start with Roy, then Arson, then Tweaked, then Ben. You guys pass it on to each other. What do you think of all of these uh, community goals and Galnet stories? So, I mean, aside from the intense um, excitement and fun and just being in the middle of all this, uh, as someone who started playing after um, these things were turned off, so I you know, started back at the beginning of the year, one thing I was a bit confused about, and maybe still am, is how prescribed are our interactions with these things? And what I mean by that is, uh, I mean, obviously we can interact with the burning stations. Obviously we can interact with the CGs do the starboard conversions. But as these, like one thing I was curious and wondering about as these stories were unfolding, um, I mean, I'm assuming if I'd been in the right system, I wouldn't have actually seen, um, and, and this is going back in time, of course, but I wouldn't have seen that starship blow up when he was assassinated or would I, or now when there's these terror attacks, is there actually a base in game somewhere that could be found or is this just the narrative and there's going to be more sort of prescribed ways for us to interact with um with, with parts of the story so I'm, I'm still a bit confused about that actually i think the way that that's going to work is that uh we're going to have something clearly like indicating that we can latch onto whether it is uh the name of a minor faction or the name of a system or a station or something that we can turn around latch onto and then associate it to something that's in game as a reference point of somewhere where to start i think that that's going to be how it'll work out and the main reason that i cite that is because back uh, a long long time ago in a galnet far far away um they actually kind of did that they hinted at things and then they sent us to those areas and then when we got there we could check on the station's local news and then oh hey surprise surprise there's an article that's uh actually quote unquote encrypted in the news network so nobody will find it um mm -hmm. that then points to some other thing somewhere else so i think that that kind of thing is is very much going to be akin to what we may see uh more and more in the future what mm. what i really love is that they're weaving all of these threads sort of interspersed they're making a tapestry it's not here's the marlinist you know story one two three four that one's closed move to the next they're they're telling us a political story 
in the neo Marlinist situation that involves partly just politics that you can't get involved with, the assassinations and whatnot, partly stuff that you can get involved with, rescuing from burning stations and later repair on the stations and whatnot. They're, they're mixing that along with a political story of what happened to Halsey's ship, along with a just 100% sort of what's happening right now. You know, you can upgrade these stations in honor of sort of fleet carriers coming out. They're, they're, they're mixing and maxing, matching all of this shit, and they will give themselves opportunities to sneak in, be sneaky, sneaky, and add in little stuff here and there like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think tweaks up, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, th- these Galnet stories have been very interesting. I think we got a lot of different threads that are going to be tying in together. And one of them in particular, I think it was yesterday's maybe, that ca- something caught my eye where it, they were talking about the funeral processions for uh, the Space Galicia's father there. Mm-hmm. And it said, that, it, it said that we would be able, that the public would be able to pay our respects. At the so, Hall of Martyrs, yeah. Right. So I'm wondering, what does that mean? Is there going to be a, like a CG funeral or a funeral procession for us to go see I, or something like that? That could be different. So the Hall of Martyrs is uh, a location on Akinar. It's it's a location on the planet, which, it, you know, it's a it's a uh, what do you call it? It's a uh, it's a highly, highly. No, it, it's it's a. Uh, high atmosphere world high tech world so you know we can't get to there that would be like saying it's a thing that's happening on lave on planet side so i think that's just for npcs but it's interesting the the way it said that the public would be able to 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 witness or take part in it almost implies something's happening i don't know there are funeral barges in game remember there are that is true so we may end up seeing a funeral barge take off from akinar or whatever but the Hall of Martyrs specifically, though, is a location that we we cannot get to at this point. But yeah, that doesn't but, that doesn't mean that yeah, you're right. <laughs> but the CGs themselves, I, I participated in one of the CGs last night, which as mm-hmm. of a couple hours ago, that was almost up to tier two rewards. Um, how much fun was that? I was just you know get, hopping off my fleet carrier in my BGS Python, making my way to the station, get pulled by a Ferdy, submit, give them a plasma bath, make my way back to the station deliver just i i have missed this kind of gameplay over the last year or whatever it's been gone beautiful I, and i mean with with regard to the cg there's there's a lot of questions there you're talking about upgrading 10 stations from little shoebox stations to you know coriolis and orbis massive stations how is that going to affect the bgs how is that going to affect the system populations how yeah. is that going to affect all so many things like we don't know we'll see well at the, um, at the very least affecting bgs wise i mean one of the systems in question is ninibin which is actually in lsr space i was part of lsr the, the, the faction when we took control of that system and right now it's just tin can stations there and as the guy that worked that bgs like crazy i can say at the very least having a large station would have made my life so much easier to work that bgs so yeah it's going to affect it and at least that way if not more yeah all right and ben your thoughts on the galnet articles on the weaving them in all the cg on all of this stuff on the cg also on the back i'm dead dead chuffed Hmm. i'm gonna be taking part on that probably on sunday i think it's gonna be the first opportunity really um i'm as i've said in the pre-show i'm getting ready for helping commander 
primetime casual out with his not buckyball racing speedball with his speedballs brought to you by the so, buckyball race club and alec turner yeah. who's in charge of all things racing indeedy so <laughs> i'll help it i'm all set up for helping him out mm-hmm. and i know myself that if i go and get involved with the cg the same ship i'm gonna be i'm doing both i'm deliberately taking my cutter to crash it into a planet oh jesus yeah and obviously my cutter is my bulk trade ship which i use for cgs that's actually how the moon was made somebody crashed a cutter into earth really really hard a long time ago (laughs) a long time ago in a galaxy well in the same Mm. galaxy but yeah um so i'm deliberately saving off until we get back from doing this um speedball thing with prime time uh then i'm going to be kicking into that I've also been doing the uh, rescuing the burning stations and I guess essentially helping Operation Ida repairing the things depending on whether I was in the mood for rescuing people or or bulk hauling. Mm -hmm. On the stories though, I'm loving the stories. I'm finding it... I personally felt that Princess Ashling's comments felt a bit fake to me. Hmm. Um, there are yeah, some people a, a that have said like, that. Oh dear, I'm having to cry for my daddy. Boo hoo hoo! I'm so sad. Yeah, I mean, so it, there, it could. There are what, signs it's an inside job. It could. It could be a couple of things. It could be. It could be uh, Hudson taking the opportunity to whack off some imperial royal family. That did not come out right, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, and throw it off as a false flag for some neo Marlinists. Uh, you yeah. know, it could be uh, Arissa Lavinia Duvall taking the opportunity to clear off some some of the uh, unfortunate members of her family tree. Uh, it could be. I don't. My see money's it, on, my money's on Arissa. Yeah, my money's on Arissa. Some people are saying that the Ashling thing felt a little ham handed. I think it could just literally be. Like, you know, like some people might have a personality type such that if their if their father died, they would revert to like, oh, you know, whatever. It yeah, could be. I, just, I, I just don't see that. Okay, in fair. That's fair. Me. fair. Well, we do know that uh, Ashling is uh, not above having some people whacked, but I just don't see it. Like, she, she doesn't, doesn't get anything. She doesn't she doesn't get anything out of out of it being her own dad. I don't, I don't see. So. Wow. 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 Okay. So we'll see how that, how all of these threads, but I love the thing that I love the most about it. The two things that I love the most about it. One is that it's happening the way real life happens, where there's multiple threads all happening at once and it's jumbled and garbled I'm and you have to decipher it. it. And I'm loving the fact that they went back and resurrected that old, Halsey thing where it's like that says a ton to me because that's like Elite Dangerous has so many awesome threads that have been sitting there for years whether it's the Gan Romero thing or the Halsey thing or the Guardians or the Thargoids or the I can go down a list of shit and really you know Project Thunderchild and you know all this that and the other and the fact that they're picking up they picked up they made a point of picking up an old thread out of the right out of the box week one first couple days that to me i have very high hopes that some other old threads will get resurrected and possibly 
possibly resolve. And that's fucking amazing. All right. Next up, we've got the Frontier interview. And I want to get everybody's in, uh, uh, opinion on this. MCV did an interview with David Braben. And um, in case I linked it in the in the show notes so that everybody has a chance to go through. It's okay if you haven't read it yet. But I want to point out something. And I, I'm going to just throw it to you. Uh, so... Commander Burr and Rini of uh, uh, Witch Space News, which if you're not fucking listening to it, you're playing Elite wrong. You need to make sure that you check out Witch Space News every Friday. The Burr Pit is one of the absolute best sources of, of news and, and information about Elite Dangerous in the game. They're just fucking awesome. As is Live Radio, of course. But with regard to the Burr Pit, they did their Witch Space News today. And with regard to the MCV uh, interview with David Braben, they made the comment that it was super, super interesting because they were talking about their sort of design philosophy. And this was in talking about the Frontier Foundry and how they do stuff with the other games, how they did stuff with helping uh, Lemnus Gate and struggling to come to fruition. And different things about their philosophy on how they do stuff. And David Braben made a special point, and he's made it in the past, uh, in that interview that he did, where he was talking about, you know, how they do stuff as a publisher, that, that interview from a couple months back. He made that point again, and he, he made it again here, where he said, like, a lot of times a publisher will push you to make a thing pretty, at certain deadlines, certain sort of um, phases of the project where, okay, okay, phase one, now we have sort of, th by this date, you should be at this milestone and we want to see it, we want to see it pretty. And phase two, we want to, you're at this milestone, we want to see it and see it pretty. And phase three, you should be, you know, at this milestone of game mechanics and we want to see it and see it pretty. And he said, we don't like doing that. He said, because I recognize as a game maker myself, as a game developer, when I was dealing with publishers, I used to hate it when they would push me to do things on milestones and make it pretty because then gameplay itself suffered because I would either be then tied to, even though I come up with a better way to deal with a certain mechanic, I would be sort of forced to try to keep the loop that I had already because I had done all this effort into it and invested time and money into making it pretty. So... I don't want to do that to the people that I work with, the people that we're publishing their games. We kind of want to let them get the mechanics solid and right and then make it pretty later. Now, here's where, you know, that's obviously interesting is how they do stuff. And you might be like, hey, dude, I only play Frontier Elite Dangerous. I don't give a fuck about struggling or Lemnis Gate or, you know, Project, any of the zoo, dinosaur, planet, whatever the hell. You might be like, I don't care. Well, here's why you should care, because let's think about this for a moment. People make the comment with regard to Frontier, with Elite Dangerous, with Odyssey. Man, how come it's so late? It's, you know, we're getting this game in like four months, three months, five months, whatever. How come they haven't shown us this yet? How come they haven't shown us that yet? Well, let's look at what the man just said, his philosophy on it is. If what they're doing with Odyssey is getting all of the gameplay loops right they may have the loops even completed 
or 99% complete or whatever. They may be very close to like done, but it has no polish. And if you show that to people with no polish, people that aren't in the game development industry, people that aren't savvy to how all of this work will go like, oh, that looks like shit. I'm not interested. And they will lose sort of hype, lose momentum, lose positive feeling towards their product. Now, they, Frontier, as a company, they're way more sophisticated and, and other people, even from other games company, they could probably show what they had to people that work at EA or Activision or fucking Bioware or whatever and just say, hey, don't worry about the fact that it has no polish at all and looks like dog shit. We got this gameplay mechanic loop dialed in. It's fucking awesome. We'll, we, we can, you know, a month of a polish and we can get it to look good. And other people in the industry would totally respect and understand that, but the masses would not. So this was a theory that I'm crediting Commander Burr and Reini at the Burr Pit with because it was, in fairness, their idea. They talked about it on this week's uh, Witch Space News that just released earlier today. Go check that out. But I want to get all of your guys' opinion. Do you think that possibly it could literally just be as simple as what the man is saying, which is like, yeah, we don't give a fuck about the polish yet. We can do that in the last three months on a sprint. We're getting, we're just fiddling with the mechanic loops and getting it perfect. Let's start with Roy. Your thoughts on that? I uh, I remember the the previous um, interview where he brought those points up, and I'm glad I'm glad Bernini brought this up again. I think it I think it's really smart. Um, you know, one thing it reminds me of is. It's kind of like the comparison, just just in regular business in the U.S. when you compare public companies versus private companies. And if they're trying to innovate, public companies are often having to chase quarterly earnings and just make short-term decisions. And that's really what this is talking about, is um, even though Frontier is a public company, um, the, the kind of control that David Braben has, he can kind of run it like a private company, at least in this aspect, where they can do what he believes is the right thing to do to come up with the best product. So I'm, I'm glad they brought that up again, because I, I, yes, I, I remember that interview. That makes sense. And Arson, what do you think? So this is something, this a particular topic is very, very near and dear to my heart. It's one of the reasons uh, why I have been almost fanatic about Elite. And for the last couple of months, I've been trying to point out pretty heavily, if you go back as far as the 2012 Kickstarter videos where uh, David Braben is actually talking about the mechanics, one of the things he extremely heavily alludes to is the fact that they already were working on the mechanics around walking in stations and things like that uh, way back then. So all of that kind of stuff, like, yeah, they may not have anything to show, but but like you said earlier, Kai, it's, it's very much... Uh, Mechanics first, assets later, and then, you know, the general public, they're not going to look at the assets and go, eh. But I do want to point out that there was a video which I used in my hype trailer that Frontier did. And it was one of the videos that showed an actual character after Holomies were released walking around inside of a station. And 
something that they did not do with that trailer was preface it with not in-game footage, which they did with the very, very first Elite Dangerous trailer that has the gate open up and the people walk out of the door in their flight suits and then guy walking Mm. up to his ship. That was very clearly marked, not in-engine footage. Mm. And I believe very firmly and wholeheartedly that all of the features that that we're having in Odyssey, they have been constantly being worked on since the start. And I'm very confident in that uh, guess. We'll get to see soon. All right, Ben, what do you think? I mean, David's a very smart guy. One of the key takeaways that a software architect said to me way back when was make it run, make it right, make it fast, in that order. Um, (laughs) And we literally, and while working with him, we literally had a case of, we had a fully working application. And they did a whole load of fancy business related shit that nobody here gives a shit about. But it worked. You fed in an app, you fed in a whole load of inputs. It gave you a whole load of outputs. There was no UI. Mm. And it was freaking amazing. <laughs> because it meant we could actually concentrate on getting our algorithms right, getting our databases right, getting the getting the foundations right. And then, and then you go off the, and yeah. then you go and make it look pretty so that idiots can use the damn thing. Beautiful. And it's exactly the same with Frontier, exactly the same with the games. You gotta get the foundations right. And then you let the idiots come and play. Tweak, what do you think? Well, what I really thought of when I saw this was consistency. I, I saw a pretty much a documentary. I don't remember which one it was or when it was, but it was David Braven talking about game development from the original Elite all the way through the the sequels all the way up to Elite Dangerous. And he pretty much has been preaching the same thing all along, you know, gameplay over glitz and glamour and then get the glitz and glamour in the end. And to hear him reiterate that again, just it, it gives me more hope for what's to come, that, it, that it's just going to be a home run out of the park absolutely absolutely well we're gonna see soon because we've got some uh we got some stuff coming up with regard to uh some locations and some other stuff we're gonna get to see very very soon on dev diary too so we'll find out soon tm all right so let's keep this train moving along uh next up we've got the elite dangerous fan-made animated series trailer a guy posted uh a uh his fan-made animated series trailer and it's got some machinima stuff mixed in with uh clips and cuts of other pieces of work including the uh the uh odyssey teaser trailer that first one that they showed and uh it's it's interesting we've got a link uh in the in the in the show notes the guy says that you know He's making a show, it's fan-made, and it's going to be coming around the time that Odyssey comes. So we'll see. It looks super, super interesting. Um, they, they, they have like a, what is it, a, like a five-minute trailer, Arson? It was interesting stuff. Yeah, it was a four-minute trailer. If, you, if you've ever seen Turgeon stuff uh, or Mechanic Band stuff, the, the recent or thing he did. Or Ascorbius. Yeah, yeah. or 
uh, Scorpius as well. Uh, any of the ones with the 3D modeled characters walking around, uh, that's what this is. It incorporates some of the Odyssey footage that we had and sets up a story around it. I've had a, a good time watching it. It's hmm. definitely worth a look. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're not going to see more on it for a while, but when it comes you know if and when we get more stuff to check out we will definitely let you know because it looks pretty fucking cool did anybody else check that out uh roy did you get a chance to look at it not that one no no okay ben this is the first i've heard about it well you've got something to look forward to it's up on the screen there and uh we'll we'll uh we'll look forward to hearing about it next week on on live radio yeah, just... I love all touch and stuff and everything like that. So if yeah. you like that, please. Uh, yeah, I mean, just look at the thumbnail from the video from YouTube. It's a dude yeah. sitting in the cockpit chair that is clearly not an elite avatar, but very much looks like he is. And yeah. that's the kind of quality that goes with the video. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, it looks Tweet. really good. Tweak, what do you think? You ready to check out this show? Oh, I, I watched the trailer and it looks pretty interesting. I. I kind of liked the way they were building a story around the odyssey trailer they kind of interweaved what they were doing with the odyssey yeah. teaser trailer and like there's a story involved there and and yeah i'm gonna be checking this out when it comes out yeah the guy's there in between these boxes or whatever and then it cuts to you know the part of the odyssey trailer where you got the two uh the, the guy and the girl on the ridge line uh and the, the anaconda's landing and he's like, oh, and he gets like a call into the voice. You know how all these shows, the, the like spy shows, there's always somebody back on the base who's normally a, a chick who's like, you know, pretty for, for no reason. And, and, and is, you know, like giving you logistic information. And she's like, yeah, we've got two people on the ridgeline and oh, their ship's coming in and, you know, whatever. It looks interesting. So we'll check it out. Next up, we've got the new HCS voice pack. Crusoe is on pre-order right now. This is fucking awesome. If you're into HDS voice attack, if you're into the voice packs, look at this. It's on uh, pre-order. It's going to come some point this month. It's voiced by astrophysicist Eileen Perez. She is of the NASA Cassini mission and has worked on the Dark Matter Project. Crusoe will be packed with content, plans to make constellations and galaxipedia and much more are going on right now. We've already recorded the ship responses and we're working on, we're working with Eileen to get more going on as she's a physicist and wants to help add more relevant content to the space and space facts. Uh, super, super exciting. This is going to basically be the, you know, they're adding scientific realism to this. So... This is, I mean, I have HCS voice attack and I kind of, I'll be honest with you, I've got it turned off right now, even though I have a bunch of the stuff because I've got a new computer coming and it'll be when I get the new computer and get everything all set up, set up, I'm going to have it running and I'm going to be one of those obnoxious people in Discord that's constantly talking to my ship and everybody else is like, yeah, we don't want to hear it, dude. But uh, I just love the fact that it's like, whoa, you got a NASA fucking astrophysicist in that worked on the Cassini mission to like add to the stuff on site. Um, all right. What do you guys think? Uh, let's start with uh, Roy. What do you think about this? It's going to tell you to get one. I'm really intrigued by the Galaxipedia, you know, um, it, it, one thing that and this is going way back, but the mm. original um, 
Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that was out on the BBC where they had these little yeah. vignettes of somebody explaining and a little graphic. I, that, that to me, that and even um, the way that the, the encyclopedia thing was done in Mass Effect, mm. um, I, I think those things where you can voice act them, it just adds such a, a level of, of immersion into a game. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look in, into that. I want to see uh, some sort of a commercial for that Galaxipedia, and I want it to have Don't Panic on the cover. Uh, Arson, what do you think? I, I'm excited by it. I actually, uh, slight little bit of uh, shame, guilt here. Uh, I have all of the packs, so I'll have to add this one to my collection. Right okay. on. And Ben, I know what you're going to point out. You're going to point out that she, in, including to being a big fucking brain, she's also a hot chick. So go ahead and point it out, Ben. I haven't looked at a photo. Oh, okay. Well, when you do, we'll hear from but you. But you're going to now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, I think it's it's awesome. I mean, the what I wonder is what the hell are they going to be adding? Because you know, the Galaxypedia has already got a whole lot of shit in there. Yeah. Well, what I mean, else is she going to be adding? I mean, that's that's. Well, she's an she's an astrophysicist that works with you know studying dark matter and studying you know yeah, probes but... and nebulas and all kinds of stuff. Like she's gonna, there's there's there's. She's it's... gonna bring the credibility, but yes, saying this in the nicest possible way, she can bring the knowledge, but Captain Kirk or Holly or Brian Blessed can mm -hmm. read the lines just as well as she can. Well, that's the thing, though. Everybody can, read the, everybody can read the lines well, but she's actually just on her own getting tons and tons of bits that they didn't have and going to add news to, okay, here's exactly. how this works, here's how that works. And she's, So that's that's what I'm interested to see what she's going to be bringing. Yeah. Like, added value. Yeah. I, I'm interested in, you know, you talk, you ask about SAG A, and now all of a sudden you get more stuff. Like, did you know this about she SAG A? Did a half you know hour that? Long lecture. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. Tweet. What do you think? Well, this is another one of the major downsides to playing on console is we can't get these things. We, we can't mm. get the voice attacks. And I sure as hell wish we could because it would be a ton of fun and a big advantage to us. But as I said before, the more the merrier. I mean, variety is the spice of life and how cool to have this kind of thing available now along I, with all the you rest know of them. i don't know about that tweaked i really don't know i mean if you look at the new fucking playstation 5 and xbox whatever series x or whatever the fuck it is they're full-on computers really yep, good quality computers yep. i i who's to say that we don't get six months into the release of this stuff you know some new thing where now you know discord and and all of these other apps whether it be an edsm or this that and the other because elite already makes the the uh elite already makes the 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 uh what do you call it api available for the consoles it's just a matter of they they the the other the third party applications aren't making access to or don't i don't know how all that works but we don't know if six months from now we're not going to find out that you know they do have the ability to do this stuff that would be 
totally cool to bring that to our console brothers and sisters i agree uh, that's my big hope with the power of these new consoles i'm hoping for a third party vr setup for the the new xbox and sure. voice attack with it would be awesome and like you said there's no reason they can't do this stuff with it it's just a matter of them doing it yeah. Tweet, or, uh, sorry arson why don't you play the clip that we have of of her of her voice pack here you go if you're ready i can begin the launch sequence yes go ahead Powering shields. Standby. Ascending to 30 meters. The ship is yours. 100%. 100%, Commander. Navigation. Navigation. Mackenzie Relay is on fire. We need to get over there as fast as we can. Get clear and jump. Complying. Boosting engines. Loading configuration. Standby. Clear. Charging supercruise drive. Supercruise drive engaging. Disengage supercruise on my mark. Standing by. Now. Disengaging supercruise. Boost engines. Boosting thrusters. We need to get down there and fast. Boost engines. Thrusters. Engaging. Docking clearance. Got it. Docking granted. Nice. There you go. So wow. that is, that's just the standard ship stuff that all of them can do. And, you know, you can have Captain Kirk or Worf or, you know, bunches of people. You get one of the old doctors to, to tell you that stuff. But I'm excited for what comes next, which is when she turns in all of the pack, the knowledge bomb shit. That's the part that I'm super, super ready I'm gonna for. I'm going to have a navigator computer. I want Wash from Firefly to be my navigator. I'm a leaf on the wind. I'm a leaf on the wind. Oh God! All right, too soon. so too soon, man. Too soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is is gonna be. Uh, oh Jesus Christ, Arson! You had to pull up that meme of the Hutton Orbital Free Anaconda. Jesus. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm excited for that. We'll see. We'll see as it comes. We'll keep you apprised. Uh, it's time, ladies and gentlemen. Let me go ahead and crack this open. Because I'm going to settle in and listen to Tweak's Tip of the Week. All right, here we go. How many times, Commanders out there, have you said, I wish I could play in open? I'm kind of tired of playing in private group or solo. But then you click that open button. You're flying your Type 9 with a 750 cargo full of Lavian brandy. You're on your way to the station. And then all of a sudden, you're being interdicted. Not by an NPC, but by a real player. You fight the interdiction, you lose the interdiction, you try to get away, but you die and get, lose all your cargo. That is not good, and I can tell you how to avoid that. It's not as complicated as, as, it, as it is going to sound, but try to stick with me. And if you have any questions regarding this, anybody out there, you can always send me a message on Discord, Tweak74. 
I'll put so, his home phone number in the show notes so you can call go him for anytime. It. Go call ahead. me anytime, day or night. <laughs> so the first thing you're going to want to do is you go into your settings. You hit start, you go to options, you go to controller settings, and you go all the way down to targeting, and you find plot next jump in course. And you set up a hotkey for that. Make it whatever you want that you're, you're going to be able to remember. So then you go to a system, you've got your type nine full of stuff. You jump into Shinrata Dedra because you're trying to take it to Jameson Memorial for some crazy reason. What you wanna do is you then go into your galaxy map. You don't go to your nav panel, you go to the galaxy map. Pick a system next door, lock onto it like you're gonna jump there. That sets your course. And then you go back into your normal system and you know your normal navigation panel and you click Jameson Memorial and you continue your trip there. As you're flying, you get interdicted again. Instead of fighting the interdiction by a player, submit. Because when you submit, your FSD cooldown is much shorter than if you lose the interdiction. Much, much shorter. So you submit right away. And as soon as your FSD is cooling down, you start boosting away. Boost, boost, boost. While you're boosting, you hit your hotkey. What that is going to do is that instantly brings up the, your escape route. It's going to automatically bring up that jump route to the next system over that you had already plotted a few minutes ago. Aim your ship that way, hit the high wake, and you're gone. You can survive an interdiction by any player doing this it, it is a surefire way to survive it takes a little bit of practice a couple times of getting used to it but once you're used to it i promise you you'll get more and more comfortable playing in open hell yes and that is definitely something good to have in mind for all of you commanders that are doing community goals because that's where community goals desiat and shinrata is where you're going to find all the assholes so be ready for it All right, so that was Tweak's tip of the week. We're gonna have to have like a you know tip 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 of the week kind of thing, some <laughs> kind of some kind of a sound effect or some shit. All right, so it's time for real life science, ladies and gentlemen. As soon as we're done with real life science and the expanse, we're gonna have that giveaway. So here we go. Let's start off with a podcast recommendation. I'm gonna recommend Planetary Radio Podcast specifically. Uh, there was an episode on September 16th. Have we found life on Venus? Question mark. Now, in this episode, they break down. I'm sure everybody's seen all of the pictures and the memes and the clips. And it's like, they found life on Venus, blah, blah, blah. It's this, it's that. And everybody's getting excited and people are retweeting and people are, what does this mean? Is this something? Is this nothing? Is it aliens? Is it whatever? Let's break it down just to kind of get you up to speed on what's really going on so on the 14th there was a briefing uh the royal society excuse me royal astronomical society media briefing on september 14th now in this briefing they talked about the fact that they may have found signs that indicate life on venus let's talk about how that is what's going on here this all revolves around a thing called phosphine. Now, phosphine is a byproduct of anaerobic bacteria 
that so basically bacteria that are found in non-oxygenated environments and that bacteria uh creates this this phosphine as as a byproduct now it's not the only way that you can make phosphine but it's the only way that we see phosphine here on earth there are some other planets in our solar system that have more uh, nitrogen and hydrogen and different temperatures and pressures that you will find naturally occurring phosphine without uh, animal life. But on Venus, it's the, 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 the sort of conditions are such that phosphine would seem to indicate some form of bacterial life, some form of anaerobic bacterial life to be more specific. Now, some people have said like, well, how did they find phosphine? You can't say that you find phosphine because it's on Venus and we're not, you know, it's not like somebody just brought back a sample from Venus and they were like, hey, look, that's some phosphine right there. Here's how they can tell. The planet Venus is emitting radio waves. It is a natural emitter of energy. And what they do is they have this process where they can mark down different elements and chemicals and molecules will block certain frequencies of the radio waves that are emanating from Venus. And phosphine, they had this, this Japanese dude worked out a thing and he's like, okay, this is phosphine. Phosphine breaks, will, will, will sort of break up, will interfere with this exact frequency on the spectrum. So what they do is they run the signal that they're getting back through sort of a graph. And if it's a straight line across, that means, okay, it's, you know, they're getting a clear signal. If it dips at certain points, they're like, oh, here was some this that blocked the signal. Here was some that which blocked the signal. And based on the signal frequencies that they got blocked, they think that phosphine is in the atmosphere uh, in the clouds of Venus and was blocking that exact sort of spectrum of the frequency. Now, to be absolutely clear, there are several possibilities. First off, before we go anywhere with this getting too excited, the way that science works is the next step is someone else needs to reproduce this. Uh, not saying that we don't believe the Royal Astronomical Society, but they could have had instrumentation failure. They could have had some contamination of some part of the process which would invalidate the data. So the very first thing that has to happen is someone else, not them, has to reproduce the experiment and get the same sort of marking on the graph, which would indicate the presence of phosphine. Then number two you have to go through a extensive process to actually, and they, they already have to their credit, they've tested it. They went to an outside source and said to this other scientist, like, give me all of the list of reasons why phosphine would be there that don't indicate life. Just the same way as I think it's, I, I think, don't hold me to this, but I think it's Saturn and, and Neptune, which has a uh, phosphine that is not from it's, it's occurring based on other atmospheric conditions, but we, we know of phosphine in this solar system that doesn't indicate life, doesn't indicate bacteria. But like I said, it shouldn't sort of be there on Venus. So they have to go to an outside sort of other sources and try to say, what else could be making phosphine? Because it could be that we didn't find a sign of life. It could be we found a chemical or a molecule that exists for different reasons, some of which are life, some of which are not. So they have to sort of rule out all of those things. 
which the initial findings seem to, to support it, but could, again, there could be somebody else that comes up in the future with, well, here's why it exists there. Oh, okay, we didn't think of that. All right, cool. The other thing they need to do is to say, is it possible that there, because we know all of the elements on Earth, we don't know all of the elements, you know, potentially in the, in the galaxy, there could be some new element or some combinations of existing elements that we know that if you put them exactly right, it will give off a sort of false positive for phosphine on this test that they use. And this is, this is literally, uh, they have admitted to all of this. They've said like, okay, these are the tests. They're, they're not being, you know, I'm not saying that this is like, oh, we don't trust them. They're good scientists and there's good scientists doing good science, which the first thing they do is submit a hypothesis seek to disprove it. So that's what they're doing. They're openly saying, number one, maybe somebody can come up with some idea of why we would be getting a false positive for phosphine that isn't phosphine. Number two, maybe somebody can explain why we would have phosphine here that doesn't involve uh, the anaerobic uh, bacterial creation process. And, and so this is what is happening. It's way too early for people to be saying, oh, absolutely found it. But it's very encouraging. It's very exciting. And here's what comes to my mind. Venus is pretty much the poster boy for a sterilization process. We, we've sent probes to Venus, most specifically the Soviets, and like it literally fucking melts their, their probes. The surface temperature of Venus is hot enough to melt lead. There's corrosive chemicals and all kinds of shit there. If life can exist there, just one planet to the left of us, and we have very good reason to believe based on public statements that have already been made by both NASA and the Chinese that both of the missions right now, the NASA Mars 2020 mission and the Chinese Heavenly Questions mission, which are both en route right now and should be landing in February uh, the the uh, NASA mission to the Jezero crater and to the Heavenly Questions mission to another location, they both indicated that their preliminary findings lead them to think that life exists on Mars, whether microbial or whatnot. If there's bacteria that exist in the clouds, you know, a hundred, whatever, a hundred miles up or whatever in, 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 in Venus, one planet to the right or left, and there's fucking life in in microbes and whatnot in the soil, one planet to the right. There's a chance that life may be way more abundant prevalent. and prevalent in the galaxy than we thought. It's fucking amazing. So, hmm. All right. Uh, and I want to hit one more thing before we I throw it to everybody. NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine on September 14th. Bryden, Bridenstine. Bridenstine, whatever, yeah. He tweeted, Life on Venus? Question mark. The discovery of phosphine, a byproduct of anaerobic biology, is the most significant development yet in building the case for life off Earth. About 10 years ago, NASA discovered microbial life 120,000 feet in Earth's upper atmosphere. It's time to prioritize Venus. That line is fucking huge. It's time to prioritize Venus, says the administrator for all of NASA. All right. 
let's start with our guest ben what do you think of all of this interesting times huh i think as you say it's interesting times i've seen uh scott manley's take on the whole story oh yeah uh and you know that guy knows his shit as well oh yeah interesting times i think cautious yeah you did the right thing by pointing out this is science bitches first thing we do is question everything and so many scientifically illiterate people are like, well, they said that, therefore it has to mean there's aliens. I can't no. tell you, I can't tell you how many stupid fucking people I've seen posting pictures and retweeting t- pictures on, on Twitter this week of like, it's a rock or whatever, but it looks kind of like a hamster or this one looks like, mm-hmm. could that be a dog? And it's like, no, it's a fucking rock with a shadow, asshole. Relax. Yeah. But then again, we're biologically tuned to see faces and things like that. It's a, it's a good genetic survival trait. Mm. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, you know, so I think it's great. They've done a whole lot of science, and he, he showed a lot of the things, and he's like, these guys have done a shitload of work to try and figure out everything they can think of that is why it is where this fossil could come from. And they're buggered. They can't think, why Why? Why have we got this? We don't know. And now they're basically saying, rest the world. Please tell us why you think we got it, because we don't know. Well, first reproduce it, and then yeah. tell us why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good science, and this is the way good science is done. You yeah, attack you every possibility. Everything. Yes. All right. Um, Arson, what do you think? So, uh, I think last week, uh, or earlier this week, uh, Commander Henry Kissinger made a statement saying, hey, space nerds, mm. if you're hyped for organics and Odyssey, check this out. It may give us some ideas of what is possible for non-animals. And it was a PBS thing on uh, basically living slime. And then with the stuff happening on Venus, I wonder if Odyssey is going to have a crossover could be cool man i mean they did say we were gonna find you know fauna but they were calling it organics it's because it's they don't want it is not technically plant-based but they don't want to give you the idea that you're talking about a dog or a dinosaur they're talking about microbes and fungus and 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 things that don't meet any classification that we would think of as an animal but you know technically are so yeah, I think I think that's exactly the kind of shit they're talking about that you would find in weird or tenuous atmospheres or things that wouldn't necessarily be sort of livable to us, but are livable to something. That's a very, very good point. Tweet, what do you think? Yeah, this is fascinating, interesting stuff. I mean, Venus was always thought too boiling hot, close to the sun, you know, like you said, melt lead. No life could possibly live anywhere near Venus. And now all of a sudden it's, well, there's either microbes in that Goldilocks zone or there's giant, you know, labs somewhere on that planet. And we know that's not the case. So so the theory uh, this is groundbreaking <clears throat> stuff. The, the working true. the working theory tweaked is that this is, is the situation. Uh, basically, Venus used to be very much like Earth. And it had a a situation with runaway greenhouse effect that turned it, it used to have oceans, it used to have all kinds of stuff. And because of the runaway greenhouse effect, the temperature just went spiked Spiked. super crazy high and went whatever. So the theory is it could be possible 
that early microbial life developed in the early, in the infancy of Venus as a planet a long, long time ago. And that what happened was, is as the greenhouse effect took place, it didn't happen overnight. It happened over, you know, hundreds of millions of years. And as that happened, that microbial life sort of migrated up into the clouds because you can go up in the clouds of Venus and find a place where now still the chemicals there are, are very hostile to us as as you know as humans but the temperature is just it's literally like like a, a sunny day temperature wise it's like 35 degrees celsius uh oh sorry uh yeah celsius yeah. Mm -hmm. uh in in up in a certain area there's three right, levels the of sort of cloud areas yeah yep. and and what they're thinking about doing is trying to send back a probe that has a balloon and they're thinking that previous balloons they had would sort of melt and disintegrate because of the chemicals after like two days they're thinking now with some of the advanced materials and sciences that we have we might be able to come up with something that could last two weeks or two months or even potentially, as was stated by NASA, potentially two years if we, you know, really nail it. And and so that's, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Uh, Roy, your thoughts? Well, to start out with, look, anomaly on Venus, it's obviously the protomolecule. I, mean, <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, no, seriously, um, the, one of the things I found that was curious is... Uh, everyone's excited to go there and investigate this and it may be a private small startup that actually gets there first because yeah. the the missions that are already slated to go there aren't going to get there until maybe the late 2020s it's just the you know the way things work. maybe that changes maybe someone changes the schedule but that's how things sit at the moment but there's a company um uh what's the name of the company it's something very yeah i saw that sounding. one too rocket yeah, lab that. company yeah rocket mm -hmm. lab company they've been launching some stuff out of new zealand um they've got hardware that can make it to venus and they're they've they've uh pivoted and they're looking at making an atmospheric uh descent thing and uh another part of the craft would stay in orbit and and relay stuff back and they're talking about doing that in 2023 so unless yep. uh unless somebody else uh turbocharges their program this may be actually well, the first people to get there there are two programs that it could uh, some tasking of something to do with uh, Venus could come in part of. There's the Da Vinci program, and there's the uh, I'm failing on the the second name, but there's there's two uh, open programs that they have uh, at NASA that are literally set to sort of try to take feedback of discoveries in, and that definitely falls within this mandate. So mm. we mm. might be seeing something soon on that, but it's it's potentially the way. We gotta, we gotta move it along. That was sort of a big, big point in real life science, so I wanted to hit it. But let's hit a couple real quick things because I wanna have time for our discussion topic. So first off, scientists spot a giant alien planet orbiting close to a white dwarf, dead star. And we have a video that is in there for you to take a look at. Uh, it's super, super interesting. The link is there, so check it out later. We've got also insane curiosity doing planetary cores of our solar system. Just leave that video playing, Arson, while I talk about the other science stuff, because there's, or whatever. Um, they talk about the different uh, cores, what the different planets in our solar system uh, and moons and whatnot are, are made of. And it shows you different interesting things 
Obviously, you have a wide range of things from stuff like Earth with its molten core. You've got um, you've got uh, Mars with its you know the, the the situation of what's going on there. You've got Enceladus and Ceres and 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 uh, 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 you know whatever what was the one you know this plan all the planets are yours but not this one stay the fuck out Europa uh, Europa yes that that have oceans you've got all kinds of different you know differences and it, it's a neat little thing to look at and go okay that's how this works that's how that works all right cool if you remember a couple of weeks back we talked about the uh osiris rex mission where uh they did a test run uh just back in august uh where they came within like 20 meters of landing and they're going to actually they're programming and checking and triple checking and quadruple checking and checking to the hundredth time. Uh, and and they're getting ready because in October, so next month, they're going to actually do the landings and they're going to land for five seconds each at multiple locations and take samples. And they're going to bring back a couple of samples. There's a window that's opening up in late 2021 and they're going to come back in 2023 and bring samples to Earth from the Bennu uh, uh, asteroid, which is 800 million miles from us. They're there right now. Uh, that 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 uh, uh, Osiris Rex lander is there, and they're going to pull off this mission and bring it back, and this shit is fucking amazeballs. Um, and then Isaac Arthur put out an amazing video. Isaac Arthur, the futurist who, who I love, uh and and if you've listened if you've never seen his videos yet first off uh, definitely subscribe to his channel and check it out secondly i need to warn you up front he has a little speech impediment he sounds like the guy from uh the, the guy that was a jerk off from uh big bang theory that guy uh what was his name newman or not newman uh kripke he sounds like that where he kind of talks like he got a little thing like that just fucking get over it. The guy is brilliant. He's got a speech impediment. It's no big deal. You can put on the, the closed caption if, if you're having a hard time following it. But ignore the speech impediment. Focus on the guy's fucking brain. He's great. He's awesome. And he has these neat ideas and theories and explains them in beautiful, interesting ways. This one is talking about what it would be like to be a nomadic space uh, fleet civilization. Living, basically, the, 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 the story of Battlestar Galactica or, or whatever. Um, it is very, very cool shit. Uh, check it out. And lastly, on our science slash, because you know that we are unapologetic in our love of the expanse. So whenever there's expanse news, I'm going to cover it and you got to deal with it. So here we go. Book nine, the last book in the expanse series was announced this week. Leviathan Falls is coming in 2021. I am so fucking excited. I cannot even stand it. So let's jump right to Ben. Your thoughts on all of this, but really just I'm asking about The Expanse. What up? I love... I, so many people in the chat and in The Expanse Discord were saying, I wonder what it's going to be called. Because you've had like all these different names and they've all meant so much like you know like caliban's meaning a thing and um uh Pacif yeah, rising 
um you know all these and you go back in hindsight and thought, oh, 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 oh that's what they're all about yeah and so many people are thinking what the hell is this going to be and then they come out and it's like leviathan falls and it's like well of course that's what it is how could it be anything else <laughs> <laughs> and it mirrors leviathan wakes the first book mm -hmm. the it brings it full circle it it brings it full circle it's, it's a it's like what a what a stupid how could we have not realized it was going to be called leviathan falls mm. it's just like i feel stupid now uh, and that's brilliant what was possibly disheartening maybe mm. in some ways was a lot of people after the we're going to call it leviathan falls um james well the ty and ty and dan mm -hmm. uh the guys who are james, james S. S. Corey, Corey, right were being asked by a lot of people any chance you're going to be doing any more books in the expansion universe mm. and they categorically were like nope we're done when we're <laughs> done we're done now the, the the they have to say there are a couple of novellas coming out as well yeah they are not doing another novel in the Expanse universe. I dig that. I know that it, it hurts yes. your heart, but I dig that because so many writers don't know when to let go of a project and move on to something else that excites them and whatever. And here's the other thing, though. Uh, as somebody who, you know, has... Has, uh, has there been... How many... How many retirement stone retirement tours have there been for the stones? Like, if it mm. hits them, they'll go again. But I like the idea that they're being brave enough to say up front, "No, we're going to go do other stuff. Leave us be." Well, I think we've I already think got that. another. They've got a three book yes series already signed up with Orbit. Mm -hmm. They're also saying, like, if Alcon, the TV company who makes the Expanse, yep wants to do something else in the expansion universe they would love to get involved with that shit that's cool but they you know they don't want to get involved with more expanse no novels you gotta know um, when to let it go other, man yeah well the other thing that we've got to bear in mind is the expanse just did some uh comics as well i believe mm-hmm um so you know the story just because they're not doing any more novels the story could still continue or yeah. branch off in other directions it could we just we just need to see there yeah all right arson what do you think of all of this i've only seen the shows but now that i know that about the novels i'm ready to buy them <laughs> beautiful i'm trying to tell kai just Get the audiobooks if you haven't got time to read the bloody things. Oh, I, I need I've to, got them. I need to talk. To, I need to talk to Kai about the about the books because there's so much stuff I want to say, and I'm like, no, I can't tell him that shit. I've I've got them, so we're. I know yes, you need to get on finding, with it, man. It's finding time, bro. All right, and tweaked. That's, that's what I'm saying. Audiobook. Yeah, tweaked. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm excited to see how this finally ends i'm a huge expanse fan i'm an avid reader I, I was very happy to see the release date for this i can't wait and and like you said protect the story it's it's good to see that they know not to keep stretching and stretching and stretching to make it weaker they're gonna they're gonna end it they're gonna do it right and it's gonna stay strong 
there were a ton of people that were saying, give us three more years of, of you know, Breaking Bad or this, that, and the other. Like, nope, you got to know when to get out. Arson, wait, uh, sorry, Roy. Yeah, so I uh, I came at the Expanse opposite from Arson. I read all the books, and now I'm mm. just now having the joy of binging, binging through all the TV episodes. Um, mm. So that's been just like eating cake frosting <laughs> back to back. I did, I'm just loving that. Um, I, I was actually going to go back to one point on a thread I sort of thought of that connects a lot of these science stories we've talked about this week, which is, and I think I've seen it come up in the chat as well, is uh, panspermia. Now, if we end up with, um, you know, both bodies next door to Earth having potential life, mm -hmm. uh, it brings up all kinds of theories about, like, where did it start? Did one seed the other two? Did something mm -hmm. from far away seed all three? Um, just uh, uh And if thrilled, there's life that close, that. then what's further out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and the whole extremophile thing is fascinating to, to look at. And like every crevice we look in, we keep seeing the possibilities. So it's just fun stuff all right so that wraps up the real life science and the expanse section which means that it's time for the giveaway all right so here's how we're gonna do this uh everybody type exclamation point expanse in the chat to be registered for your chance to win and uh commander uh edelweiss ben moss woodward is going to be the one who uh picks randomly the winner so let's see here we're going to give it a minute just for people to for, just for the entrepreneur sorry galaga champ galaga champ would be a hilarious galaga champ would be oh, a hilarious and here name. comes harry knight's third <laughs> All right. Well, let's see oh, here. Guys, Jesus, what? Does everybody no, they, know what they're it's going a delay. for here? It's on, a guys. delay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's there's a little delay. Give people a there chance. So uh, basically, this is for your chance to win the uh, what do you call it? Uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur pack. Man. So you get a couple of paint jobs and a, a what do you call it? Uh, like a Am decal. I like rent, by the way. What's that? I enter. You cannot enter because you're the one picking the winner, you fucker. <laughs> oh my god, completely randomly the winner is Ben. Oh my god. Wow, look at that. Ben won. Alright, so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna read the next or we're gonna play the uh next section, which is Roy Stories, and when we come back from Roy Stories, uh then uh uh everyone will have had a chance to enter and then we'll pick the winner. Uh, so go ahead and mute the mics and get it started, Arson. Next up in our Inara reading series is an entry from Commander Hans Dieter with his expeditionary Captain's Log. We pick up his story in 1808-3306, Week 2. The first part of the expedition was a resounding success. Upon leaving Dawes Hub, we immediately hit up Jackson's Lighthouse, which catapulted us straight out of the bubble. The travel on the Neutron Highway was pretty uneventful, save for the fact that most of the crew have never had the misfortune of experiencing a Neutron jump firsthand, which caused some of them to uh, involuntarily discharge their lunch. Much to the dismay of our janitor, you'd be surprised how difficult cleaning up vomit in a zero-G environment is. After we got 2,500 light-years away from the bubble, we set our course to the Statue of Liberty Nebula and started jumping. 
And wouldn't you know it, the very first system we scan after the catapult phase has a water world with a breathable atmosphere in it. Permission to land and have a beach party has been denied. We only just left two days ago. We can't take a vacation just yet. It'll look bad on our report cards. Despite the widespread disappointment in the crew at the lack of some shore leave, the crew took this lucky find as a good omen. I don't personally believe any of this hogwash, but if it gets morale up, I don't see any reason to object. Dr. Bright spat out his coffee today, and if I'm being brutally honest, I almost did too. See, this evil bastard of a flight computer, I swear the people that make them deliberately program in small quirks just to screw with its users, dropped us in right in between two massive stars without warning, which caused at best a light startle and at worst a coffee-related accident all across the bridge crew. However, after the initial shock wore off and the poor janitor cleaned up Dr. Bright's mess, I begin to sense a pattern here. We decided to use this opportunity to do some stress testing on the newly fitted heat venting system on the Pegasus by continuing straight ahead and flying right in between those two stars. I hereby proudly announce that our heat levels never rose above 60%. Our FSS showed signs of geothermal activity on multiple moons, orbiting the gas giants in the NGC 4463 sector PQYB163 system, so we decided to pay one of them a visit. The moon had very little gravity, clocking in at only about 0.05 g, so the landing happened without any major disturbances, despite the absolute girth of our vessel. We touched down pretty much adjacent to a field of geysers that expelled a yellow-looking substance, confirmed to be a mixture of sulfur and scalding hot water. After a quick game of rock-paper-scissors, it was decided that I was going to be the pilot of the SRV to go and take some soil samples from around the geyser, as well as grab some of the liquid for further analysis. Now, acquiring the soil samples was simple enough. However, getting the liquid was uh, difficult. To cut a long story short, I got a tad too close to the stream, which I would have assumed would only damage the SRV's shields, since their sole purpose is to protect against such things after all. However, the forces of the universe had uh, different plans for me. And so instead of boiling the shields down, I guess the combination of almost non-existent gravity and high-pressured liquid sent me flying skywards. I panicked, of course, as any human being would. However, upon remembering that the moon had little to no gravity, I managed to regain my cool and stabilize the vehicle. Upon proper use of the onboard thrusters, I managed to achieve a clean touchdown on the moon's surface. This got me curious, though, so I got Dr. Bright to agree on doing some more controlled testing, which really just involved repeatedly catapulting myself into near orbit. After coming to the conclusion that this activity posed absolutely no threat to the vehicle or the driver, and assuming halfway competent handling of the thrusters, though the temptation to just go completely bonkers is remarkably high, I admit we decided to unleash the crew on this newly discovered form of extreme sports. They spent most of the next few hours launching themselves in the sky over and over again, and even competing for who could reach the highest. That prize goes to Ian from Engineering, by the way. Images attached in Addendum 1, Admiral Hans Dieter of the Imperial Navy. Right on. Good stuff. Can't wait to see what happens next. All right, guys. As the story was playing, I was watching in our show channel, and the winner was picked. They pulled up a randomizer and pulled up a list of the people that had entered in the whole nine yards. Ben, you picked the magic number and put out the list of the people. So why don't you tell our winner... 
Or tell, I'll, announce I'll, it. I'll tell, a, I'll tell a winner, and that winner is Galaga Chimp. <laughs> I think it might be Galaga Chimp, but either which way. He's not Galaga Chimp. Sorry. Well, Galaga, your name got changed by uh, one of these, what do you call it? Um, these uh, media elite. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hey, you won some shit, so I will yeah, contact you. <laughs> I'll contact you later after the show on the Discord, and I'll get you the code. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. How many bananas He's did I win already? Beautiful. He's All right. Work. So I just wanted to have a little something to recognize that the audience that comes here live just know that from time to time, people that come here live for the Friday night party are going to be winning shit. So just a thing that happens sometimes. All right. Let's get to the discussion topics. We got time for one. The discussion topic is going to be what locations will we see on the next Dev Diary? Now, keep in mind that we're expecting, we know for sure, the first location, which is walking around in a station. That's exciting. We're going to just open this up for everybody. Uh, I'm going to, I'll, I'll go first and just throw some topics out there. And then we're, we're going to get a list of everybody. And then we're just going to free talk all over each other and randomly throw out our ideas. So the first thing is we know in stations. Okay. <clears throat> I'm thinking, what about, um, so they said locations in space and they, they have told us that as of launch, we will not be, walking around in our ship not in our full ship as far as whatever but i'm thinking there is the theory or the potential that it could be walking around in our cockpit the area that they've already you know sort of designed and shown us and that the door behind your cockpit it'll just be you walk to that door fade out fade in on you know going down the elevator onto the planet or walking down the steps the ramp <clears throat> down onto the planet so that's a possibility. The other possibility that I'm surprised I haven't really heard places is our fleet carriers. That is a location in space. It's a sort of a station of sorts. What if we have a, our fleet carrier bridge as a, as a location? What if we have our fleet carrier, you know, like a mess hall or like a bar on our fleet carrier or like a lounge or a whatever? That could be interesting. Um... What else do we have? Thinking about different locations, we've got stuff like, you know, when you go to Guardian sites and you see those doors, what if you could go in there or some other place in the Thargoid site that, you know, is small enough that you can't go in with your uh, scooter, your SRV, but you could go in with on foot. That could be interesting. Um, what about things like Dab's Hope? Or the generation ships. Now, the generation ships, I know, are supposed to be off-limited by pain of death, but we do all kinds of fucking criminal shit all the time. So these are some theories of some places that come right off of my head. Roy, just list some locations real quick, and then after we're done with locations, then we'll get around to crosstalk where we, you know, really explore the ideas. I was thinking there could be some things at uh, POIs. Um, like maybe there's a bit more of an elaborate of a communications beacon or some other... Um, something you can mess with. Uh, to Planet get side or EVA? EVA. I'm thinking EVA. 
God damn it. I really, really hope that that would be awesome. That would be awesome. All right. Arson. Locations only. Well, then discussion. So definitely uh, planet side POIs, the randomly generated ones, I, I hope for, just because that would make them a little bit more interesting and worth their existence. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that we get to walk around the, the, the landing bays and hopefully tram rides to the uh, social hubs. Cool. All right. Tweaked. Well, you said one that always pops into my head, Dav's Hope. I'm hoping for something like that. Maybe the uh, Guardian sites will have some places to walk in and out of, some dark, creepy buildings or something. Uh, all kinds of things we could be getting down there. You know, Frontier did say that we've got a Halloween event coming up. Imagine yep. fucking Halloween at Dav's Hope. Creepy as fuck. Ben. I'm going to go with the space, like in space points of interest. Yeah, we were already doing attractions. They were already able to crawl, well, to fly around their tunnels and things like that. But could you imagine being able to go to the bars or go to the the ship hangars where you've got like the the showrooms of all those the ships and being able to see all that stuff on foot? That'd be amazing. You know, it's pretty cool. Think about. You know how sometimes you'll get one of those, like you're just hanging out in a system doing whatever, you're running missions mm. for the Dark Wheel or whatever, and you'll get like, uh, you know, mission update. And you're like, I don't have a mission here. What the fuck? And then it'll be like, oh, there's a stranded ship that blah, blah, blah. What if it was like, go to the stranded ship. All right. Leave out through your bay. EVA over to the stranded ship. Pop open a panel. You know, some mini game. Fix this, fix that. That'd get them bad. back up and running like fucking intergalactic AAA. Yep, that'd be cool. All right, th- this is free talk, guys. So let's just, just I, talk I'd, it out. I'd steal one from from your show, Ben, from Lave Radio earlier this week. I I absolutely loved this idea when I heard you guys say it. That if you're at on a station and you go to the bar and you got an arcade at the back of the bar and oh, there's calling. a leaderboard and you click into the the game and you're playing cqc from there because i personally don't like jumping into cqc because i feel like it takes me out of the open universe yeah Mm. but if i'm in the bar and i click on it and i'm playing a game with some of my teammates or my friends and we're playing a virtual game that gives me a reason to play cqc i think that would be a brilliant way to engage the cqc i would agree i would 100 love that that'd be so awesome what about what about oh we're in the middle of a war we've got conflict zones where we're flying around our ship but we also have a conflict zone outside of this station on the planet side or in this station you know up in space where yeah. we're running around FPS pew pewing each other to see who can take assault Three this quarters. fucking station FDEV has just about confirmed at least on the ground that we're going to have on foot conflict zones to, to take well, over bases the, on the these... ground. We've got these um, cross, uh, like, land, sea, and air kind of thing all attacking at the same time. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. They're saying about that, so we'll see what happens, and it's going to be a hell of a difficult thing to do, but I... this combined assault would be awesome. Hmm. Right. I, I think there's an obvious archetype for... Uh... Uh, you know, a, a location in stations. Like, my seven-year-old self wants to see the Moss Eisley Cantina. That's what, that's what that's what all the bars are going to be going to be compared against, right? Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 
Uh, uh, what was it? A a, a, a den of high, a more uh, wretched high, wretched of dumb and villainy. Yeah, aka Newark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I dig it. All right, Arson, hop in here, bro. What do you think? I am super, super pumped. The wars, the just the thought of wars anywhere on foot that is for assets that normally are kind of uninteresting uh like right now you can get czs for the uh, space-based installations that were built with the cqc assets uh that ben was talking about but you never get to go there for anything other than like trying to hack it with your ship and there's some really really Which cool in turn hurts your security states so hmm <laughs> <laughs> It does, yeah. but it, there would be a reason to to own them. I feel because totally agree, totally agree. Because right As a now, BGS guy, I typically try not to win those. But if we can land on them and walk around them, then hell yeah, I'm going to try to take control of those. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that that all of those facilities give us some kind of new ways to interact with it, like right now, uh, as you said with BGSing. Um, you when you go in and pick up these stations and settlements and stuff you don't want to actually own them because then interacting with them hurts your faction it makes it a headache uh, and you no longer get to do missions to them and i'm hoping that odyssey changes that in a way where we can be like okay hey we need you to go down to our facility and pick up uh, a package from that little facility you'd only ever be able to assault before like that kind of stuff i don't i don't care what it is or maybe repel some pirates that breached it you know the the, the mm. possibilities are literally Even just sneak in sneak in the play instead of the data acquisition that we have now let us land and sneak inside a building and and hack a computer somewhere in there you know that, that, that just so many things they could do with it hmm. i i want to channel my inner james bond and chase someone through a planet side market in an srv and watch shit fly everywhere <laughs> as i knock over all these stands of space fruit and little animals and cages and you know driving down <laughs> alleys that are too small uh, you were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I mean, looking at all of the different, like, they're going to be showing us stuff. And it's like, Art said, he, he sort of let slip or, or teased, if you will. I don't think it was an accidental slip. I think it was on purpose. He said, look, the next dev diary is going to have locations. Well, he actually said it's going to have a location in stations. He didn't say others, but I'm just sort he of starting off saying a location, and then a couple of other times said locations. Yeah. So and then the, he's like, "Who knows?" So it would make sense for it to be the theme, of course. But he did say that in that that video that was about the inside of the location it was going to have clues as to other aspects, actual gameplay loops. So I would submit to you that if you show a bar, that's a clue as to a gameplay loop. If you show a location, say like a battlefield on a station somewhere, that's a clue that later on you're gonna have actual running around FPS style shooting in there. If what you show is some form of a marketplace or whatever, that's a clue that, or an engineering workshop, that's a clue. These are all things where it's like, 
even though the next video is probably going to be the locations video, it's going to give us breadcrumbs from which we can tease out and some theories will be proven correct and some theories will be proven wrong, but we can tease out gameplay loops and sort of think about it. So uh, I'm really interested from from the chat, some ideas from from you people listening at home, some ideas of like, wow, I, I, I want this. I want that. I want whatever um and, and and when you think about it if you're talking about so also if you're talking about like first person perspective moving around or this that and the other there have been plenty of games whether it be mmos or other games where you know you have a minion you have a this you have a that you're running around and there's a little pokemon minion following you around or you're running around your little final fantasy guy or your little world of warcraft guy is running around there's nothing to say that we couldn't, you know, you're exploring these locations, but it's adding different aspects of, oh, yeah, I got my dog with me. Oh, oh yeah, I have two, quote unquote, henchmen that are part of my crew or whatever, that they're sort of battle NPCs that follow along with me. There's all sorts of imagine if they show a bar and there's like a fucking, you know, at the end, there's there's like uh, uh, some form of a like gambling hall or whatever and you get in there and there's a there's an actual minigame the final fantasy series is famous for doing this where yeah. they have the, the what they call triple triad where there's like it's like a card game and it has its own rules what if there's a poker hall or a this or a that and 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 you know you're 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 wagering back and forth with people or what if there's a a place where you know you can sort of get the a, a, a series of sort of NPC followers that you do this storyline or this quest line or this whatever and you unlock that person as an ally or or this person as a nemesis or like there's so much shit and so many ways they can go with it that it's just like wait what because elite has always been one thing and now it's going to be that one thing but it's also going to be other Everything. things yep. so yep. I'm super, super, super excited. So let's talk about let's let's run through the list of all the places we we said. Let's talk about a, a fleet carrier. What, what what do you guys want to see as locations on a fleet carrier? If that would be theoretically a thing that we could get. Obviously, there's the bridge. Obviously, there's the 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 quarters. Your quarters. So your your player housing, basically your opportunity to glam it up. There are people that love that shit. Um, I desperately want to see a briefing room hopefully with some kind of 3d map where you could did you could actually pull up not 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 just a fucking it's their background art but an actual you put up pull up the system and yeah. you can actually break it down the, that would be awesome map. like the yeah. briefing they do in a lot of the star wars games had yeah. that yep. they'd be like a hollow table well, and i mean and... we have the galaxy map already if you literally pulled out a, or, or sorry system maps too but i mean you could pull up a galaxy map but you could pull up a system map and actually have a, a little 3d representation of the system map and and point things out that would be fucking amazing yeah, I, I want to do a little bit of a throwback to my time in EVE Online thinking about the briefing room, but general meeting rooms or rooms that you can use for a social space to bring people. For example, in EVE Online, I was part of a high-sec war deck corp, so we basically bullied people in high-sec and then ransomed them for money to get us to stop. 
And what we wanted from Ambulation or EVE Online Space Legs, which was canceled, but what we wanted was we wanted a room, like a hall, where we could force them to come in and plead for the surrender. But along the hall, every corporation that we wanted to war deck, because you could collect people's corpses when you killed them, we wanted to line the hall with their oh corpses, so they had to walk among their bodies. <laughs> I won. Fucking arson's a reaver. All right, we're, we're, we're like 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 Maverick and Goose. We're punching the fuck out of that one. I, Edelweiss, you were talking about an Ori map. So yeah, I was. I think the word you were trying to say for the briefing room was we want an Ori map. Ori. Or, Orrery. Orrery. Yeah, yep. that thing. Mm-hmm. That's fucking but, amazing. Um, yeah, 3D, 3D style map of the system showing you... Like they do in the Expanse. Yeah. Show me this orbit. Show me that orbit. Show me how that's going. Hell yes. Hell yes. Exactly. And, Hell yes. And, and Galaga Champ is absolutely right. A trophy room. A place on there where you could put... You know, we're, we're going to go around on different planets and use our little plant gun and collect samples of stuff. Who's to say we couldn't have very cool little plants here and there? And oh, by the way, I'm triple elite, so I got this. And oh, I I did the Golconda event. I'm, I got the did the Golconda event. I got that. And and fucking yep. Opix has that gold medal for money, you know, stuff. And and oh, by the way, the air, you know, oh, I got my thing here for the Stargoid event or whatever. So I got that. Like, there's so much you could do with the trophy room. Absolutely. What other what other ideas on the whole uh, on the whole uh, fleet carriers? Let's exhaust it. What like what about a um, an actual like they would show back in the day on on uh, Battlestar where you had Callie and and the chief and and the crew over there? Imagine like a spot where you could go and just see your you know it's like a bunch of your ships just lined up and you could see like people working on them this that and the I other. I don't think we'd have that in Elite Dangerous because everything's all in your own own hangar you know they don't have a hangar bay as such do they even just having a hangar would be awesome where you could walk along your ships yeah Yeah. when the ships go down it could go all into the same kind of hangar bay and it would be really cool but they don't they go into the sure they they go into your individual hangar but what i'm saying is you see not other people's ships but on your fleet carrier if you have your storage there you see 12 ships lined up right and your storage I just if, if if we're gonna be able to walk around our fleet carriers, and to me that kind of lends towards ship interior. So I don't know for sure that this is happening, but if it did, I'd want to be able to see the crew that I hired, see my captain, see my, mm-hmm. you know, all these different people that I'm paying all the time. I want to be able to walk up and talk to them, things like that. Yeah, well, imagine being on the bridge as you make a hyper cruise jump. You see, yeah, Kai, that's the that's the critical thing. You. And anybody else who's on your ship has to be able to go up to the bridge or a viewing gallery or something yep, to see that ship go. Because, you know, it looks beautiful and we're stuck in our fucking hangars. You think and that's I would why they did to it, see, I would love to see that when you walk through the ship in certain areas after the jump... You see steam coming out and then like this pipe's a little broke or this something's a little fucked up so that because they have to justify you literally the have up, to pay, yeah. you have to pay money to repair every your you jump. carrier yeah. every time you jump. There's a cost 
It costs you X amount of credits for jumping. Why? Well, because there's wear and tear on the fucking thing. Let's see some. Let's see. Just a little, it doesn't have to be crazy technical, but show me some shit. Like show they have stuff in Battlestar where, you know, shit was a little fucked up. And they always send a crew down there to deck 14 to repair blah, blah, blah. Yeah, to see some NPCs banging on the wall or something, putting things back together, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. Some immersion. Fuck yeah, that's what I'm paying all that money for, for the repairs. All right, have we exhausted Fleet Carers? Is there any other lo- other locations on Fleet Carers you guys want to hear about? Going once? Going Hello? twice? All right. Let- what? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Two nope. point duty free. You need yep. to get the duty free in. Sure. Uh, so moving on, the next point that I locate the location that I mentioned was what about some, you know, those guardian doors? Could you guys imagine some spots where, you know, now obviously I'm not saying you open that door and there's a whole underground city there and oh, I met a fucking whatever. Like, okay, there has to be some limits, but imagine you go in there and there's something that would be akin to. You know how you have outside you have the flying drones. What if inside you had some skitter type drones that are, you know, crawling around the ground? And you got to shoot them and pick up their materials and whatever so that you can get guardian tech something into your suit or something. Guardian jetpack. Maybe. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm built for that. Or if you can make it down fucking 12 levels to the base, whatever, that's when you get the blueprint print. That's way harder to get the blueprint for the new Guardian ship. Huh? Mm. Eh? Yeah, lots of scanning opportunities. I would Guys, definitely like to ideas. have some complex quest lines to get access to certain technologies that you need to not just get there you know and and engage on foot but perhaps maybe even have a a difficult challenge for getting to that location before you can even disembark from your ship and then when you disembark like you you either go through some big long stealth trip uh on foot or balls to the wall in an srv and then i'm latching back onto something you said kai about going into a guardian door and finding a damn city underground that would blow my mind i know you said that don't expect that kind of thing and i know we should That's a lot but That's a lot yeah the 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 thing with people latching up flashlights equal caves uh, that, that's like that would be a really good way to use them oh, how about Wintermute in the chat talking about guardian scooters give me a tron yes. srv bike that you got to get guardian oh, tech yeah. to unlock huh hell you know, yes a thought, a thought just occurred to me the fdev really has a chance with this kind of stuff to eliminate some of the grinds i mean right now you go out there you drive around in circles you you, you scan a bunch of stuff and you you upgrade a bunch of things but like arson said what if it's a fight to get to this place in the first place in your ship and you have to fight through that stuff you land you find the secret door that goes into an underground bunker and you have to fight through a bunch of mechanical whatever down there and collect their mats and at the very end of fighting through this big long maze down there you find the blueprint that you need instead of grinding over and over and over it's a challenging mission to get to the end to get to something quicker that way like a dungeon yeah Yeah. well well okay so now that you're talking about driving around in circles you just queued it up perfectly dav's hope yep (laughs) what do you think you go to dav's hope you open up the door you find some bodies or some shit. You find 
you know, some some audio uh, files sitting there. Uh, yeah. Yes. You open up a computer there and you find some information. You find, you know, some fucking Wayland Yutani company. We are going to be evil and leave our people to die shit. You find some proof of something. Maybe there's some, even some leftover living or not living zombie-like things sitting in that thing. Maybe they closed the doors and walked away. Who knows? Halloween coming. Maybe. What, what about, what about, you know? We've got these inner sites that are still sort yeah. of there. We've got, we've got fucking, uh, you know, what do you call that? Uh, uh, the thing, the thing that, uh, oh, Jesus, the, how am I, how am I, how am I blanking now? The, 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 like, okay, you go to Dev's Hope, you find, there's proof of this other location or other places where they did stuff. You go to an Inra site, you know, like maybe you go to Dav's Hope and they have reference to another spot. And then you go to that other spot and they've got reference to an Inra spot. And you go to the Inra base or you go to where they had Project Thunderchild stuff and you find some other tech, some other piece, some other... The, the Inra was doing all kinds of experimentation on Thargoid tech. That's how they started back, you know, back uh, engineer, reverse engineering the tribes or whatever. What if we find clues that lead to, you know, a Thargoid ship, a hybrid ship of some sort? I mean, yeah, uh, maybe, okay, everyone's kind of thinking that if they're going to do something like that, it would have to go through Palin, all roads go through Palin, but there's nothing to say that you couldn't start a quest line there, take information to Palin. Palin then does his fucking voodoo and then sends you off to some other spots and he, you know, or Ramta or this one or that one. And, and then you come back, it could be three, four rounds of shit. And the end of it is, oh, look at you flying around in your new Thargoid hi human hybrid tech ship. Hmm. So many mm -hmm. possibilities. Yeah, I, I, and anybody who's played the Elder Scroll games, wandering around some of these abandoned locations, can you imagine just like finding elites equivalent of the books laying around everywhere and just getting little tidbits of lore? Like, I think that'd be a fantastic way mm -hmm. to inject things that I have been desperately wanting to know, like a complete timeline of all the technology in the game, even though it has no quote quote relevance to the story i feel like as somebody who wants to go nuts in writing lore that would be a fantastic way to just litter that kind of stuff around the game world here's a little tidbit about this technology and all that what if for really? next go ahead i was just gonna say really what we're saying here is that even if not right when odyssey drops that from odyssey forward elite has or FDev has a chance to really add so much. They could go any which way at any point in time of adding things into this game at that point. What if for next year, not this year, for next year's Halloween event, right? For the Halloween 21 2021 event, a new generation ship is found. Mm. And this is the first time where you're for some reason, there's going to be some excuse why, you know, the other generation ships are off limits, but this one you can you go walk in. into. Yeah. And you know how creepy those fucking generation yep. ship stories are. What if this one has the creepiest of creepy stories where it's this, that, and the other, and then at the end, you find out, like, 
you know, you, you go from one end of the station to the other, finding clues, finding this, finding that. And the last clue is that there's still someone alive still on the ship with you all this time or something. Bollocks to that, zombies. Something, yeah. Well, but see, so now you don't find that out, right? Until you are already on the ass end of the, all the way on the other end of the station. And then you activate some shit and it all lights up. And, you know, now it's to get back to your ship on the other end of the fucking station. You got to get through all the way out. Yep. Come on. Here's another one. Prison megaships and perhaps associated gameplay on them for criminals. (laughs) So it's not just a matter of you've been a bad boy. Okay, you go to jail. Four seconds later, you're free. You actually have to go through some bullshit. Yeah. Because because mm. right now, like you said, four seconds later, you're free. And by the way, would you like some ammo on your way out? <laughs> yeah, they don't normally on your way out of prison. They don't normally give you a gun and load it for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's always point. driven me nuts about the. <laughs> the and and I saved, I saved the best for last. Fucking walking around in the dark. In a Thargoid settlement, you find a doorway, you go through, something happens, you're locked off, you got to fucking, there's no way back, the only way back is forward, and you're walking down a dark hallway, and the lights aren't working so great, and your fucking flashlight's on the fritz, it's got some Thargoid interference with the tech or whatever, causing your battery Hi, to can go. Can I just say, it's four. It's nearly four in the morning here, I'm going to go to bed <laughs> straight after this. I'm a fucking nightmare, you bastard. <laughs> Oh, and he got the eight-legged Thargoid creatures cre- creeping around the corner coming at imagine, you. Imagine Ben laying there an hour from now or whatever. And Nobody it's, one eye opens. One eye opens. Imagine me lying in bed. One eye opens, and he stares up, one eye opens and he stares up at the fucking ceiling and there's an eight-legged Thargoid about ready to fall right on his fucking face. Yo, bro. <laughs> it's off. Somebody needs ideas about it. As Howdy Rick Flair said, <laughs> God damn. All right, some other uh, some location thoughts. Come on, let's wrap this one up and then send it home. Give me some of your guys' locations. I ran through all mine. Give me some of your locations, things you'd like to see in them. I want to go to the Grand Bazaar and buy a monkey. Okay. <laughs> what do you want to do with that monkey? He's going to spank it. If it's bad, he's gonna spank no, his I, monkey. I, in I like the, I like the idea of pet stores and having a you know something that can sit on your shoulder or mm. walk around with you. Even space if it's just gra- minions, space, space cats. Minions. Even if it's just graphical, even you know, just a it's a, it's a nice little uh, doodad and a bit of have been such a flavor. Thing, so hey, fuck that. I want one of those Lavian tree cat people that fucking basically. I'm describing the, the remember from the Honor Harrington series how she had that cat that would fucking sit on her shoulder that was like no, a telepath. Nimitz, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Woo! Uh, let me let me point you to rare commodities that already exist with wonderful, mm-hmm. flavorful descriptions, such as the no Zaihi biomorphic stuff. companions, which yeah, would okay. uh, fit Roy's Whoa, need there. Yeah. Well, oh no, they're thing. animals. I, I thought yeah, the same yeah. thing though. <laughs> stay, stay away from the fucking tree grubs. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dead now, anyway. I think they're extinct. No, they just brought them back. They literally, the Hutton when? truckers just did a thing where they they ran missions and shit to get those weird earworms back. 
Oh no! Is this in, is this lore or is this just hustle? It's in the game now. It's literally a rare commodity that was out of the game for over two years. That they just had a group that just ran missions like crazy and brought them back. So they are viable. They're illegal everywhere, but they're tree earworms or grub ear grub worms or whatever. That it's basically like those fucking things from Wrath of Khan, dude. Yeah, oh, I was going to say from Star Trek that mind control. Yeah, oh, yeah. They were, uh... yeah. yeah it's in, it is a rare commodity that has been in the game uh, brought back within the last Yeah, I didn't think they months. were Lavian tree groups, though. They're not Lavian. They're something else, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are all kinds of really, really shady, advanced technologies and biological things especially that various factions have picked up from the areas that they inhabit where these rares are sourced from and if they let us open those and interact with those objects in some way or use them like just the sheer amount of potential gameplay opportunities from just converting the pre-existing thought up rares and their descriptions yes. is just and ridiculous. Thank you. Real quick, thank you for Broken One in the chat. The Pavonis ear grubs, that's exactly what they are. That is a rare right now that you can get that's fucking weird as shit. All right, who's up for some space poker, guys? Who wants to fucking mm. play space poker? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Meet you at the Moss Eisley Cantina. Love the mini games. Mm. And uh, I'll bet and you my what Python. About, what about EVA? Yeah, gamble for pink slips. Fuck it. What about EVAs to repair, you know, somebody else's ship or whatever as part of a mission or your ship or whatever? I'm as part of a mission. Ready. Yeah, absolutely. That concept art from back in the, the, the oh. early days. Yeah, yeah. That big book. As part of a mission, I'm okay with that. But 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 doing it to repair my ship, I, I just mine 12 billion credits for a reason. I want to be able to land at a station, throw oh, no. some NPC a bunch yeah, of imagine, coins, and tell them fix that shit. Right. Imagine yeah. though your ship. I know this was a thing back in the day that people would shoot at your engine and then just leave you there. Yeah. Right. Yep. Or, in that or, case, yes. Or imagine again, not taking away the ability to just land in a station and click that button, and you pay your money, so you fix your ship. But what about if you're way out in the fucking black and you're exploring right, and you're forty thousand yeah. years from the nearest yep. space station? The ability to go out there with your toolbox and you got some materials and get your shit fixed. That's or, cool. Yeah. Or if you could find a derelict ship and bring it back to life. Repairing yeah. it that way. Absolutely. What were you saying, Ben? You hit your AFMU or your power supply with a wrench and it mm -hmm. fixes it. Yeah, as so opposed to now. As opposed to now, which is there's a sort of cheater way, which is when your AFMU gets to 0%, just reboot, repair, it takes it to 1%. Mm. It would be but way cooler to fix it for real. Yeah, it'd be great to expand yeah. the reboot repair functionality into something that's a bit more engaging. Mm. Yep. Less automagical. And, and absolutely salvage, absolutely be able to go to a you know ship that's that's you know destroyed or this that and the other, and go over there and take some shit off of it, expanse style or Firefly style. Remember they the very first episode they were out yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. Oh guys, I'm excited. There's so much stuff. We'll see what's coming. Uh, the just the 
salvaging is actually the thing that I did to earn my first like mill in the game. And if we did mm-hmm. get EVA salvage gameplay, oh, melt. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would do anything but that, to be honest. <laughs> Especially if you could shoot shit while you're doing it. What if, you know, they talk about doing special events, seasonal events, this, that, and the other. What if a seasonal event that they did, a special event is, you know, you go somewhere, uh, you land somewhere on a planet, you go into a station, and at that station, uh, you know, whatever, Ashling Duvall is doing her fucking uh, uh, Christmas series where it's, you know, one of those, she's up on stage singing and dancing or whatever. And, oh, by the way, there's this fucking dude there who's going to try to assassinate her and you get to have your fucking bodyguard, you know, type situation where it's like you're you're going around and trying to, you know, take out the assassin or whatever. There could be some mm. not with weird shit. Foul, but with other miscellaneous people. Famous people. Yeah. Yep. yeah, 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 yep. whatever. Whatever. There's so much that they can do, so many different ways that this can go. I don't really see how elite dangerous doesn't improve by leaps and bounds i mean there's there's yeah there's a ton of stuff now i want to throw this out there just the same way that i threw out the preface when we were started talking about life on venus or whatever don't listen to that and go okay that's all what we're getting and then when frontier gives us amazing stuff go but those other assholes threw out 50 other ideas. Like, there's no chance in hell that we're getting all of this stuff. We're yeah, just we don't have any inside information here. We're, <laughs> we're just, just guessing. Just, just, mo- no. just the monkey. Just the monkey. That's we're all. having fun. <laughs> so enjoy it and go with it. But where you keep your, your hopes high, but your expectations tempered, that's where I don't because otherwise if everyone's going to start to get pissy and salty and shit and I hear from people that it's like wow you said we were going to get man we didn't get like okay well then we'll stop doing this but for now if so long as everybody's going to be grown-ups and be chill it's cool to have fun and let your brain just roll free just use your imagination as to how good this has the chance to get you know how the the, the potential that Odyssey has With, that it can reach with the tempering of expectations so that of the reality don't... of developments yeah sure absolutely absolutely, absolutely. Here, here so temper this I... dav's hopes type site occupied escape pod open it up what happens ah okay there you go <laughs> now you're gonna fucking keep poor poor ben who's already <laughs> drunk you're gonna keep him up all night fucking staring at the ceiling tiles all right guys uh yeah i want to hear from you if you're in the chat room if you're in if you're listening to this on youtube if you're you know listening to this on the podcast come into the elite week discord and tell us what you think right into elite week uh 3306 at gmail.com put it in the comment section uh you know get a hold of us and let us know what do you think on these locations? What what aspects do you want to see with it? Um, super, super cool shit. So let us know what you think. That is the community question, which is what locations will we see on the Dev Diary 2? And what things do you want to sort of see hinted at or whatever? Let's wrap this up. State of the game. Uh, 
I, I got nothing left, man. The state of the game is fucking awesome. And it's just feeling so good right now. I can't wait to see what's next. Arson, state of the game. More, please. Yes. Anything Anything we missed? No. No, this Beautiful. is fantastic. Galnet's back. I have a reason to read the newspaper. Roy. Yeah, uh, just echo all that. It's it's super fun. Lots of things to do. Multitasking, and uh, not not bored at all. Plenty plenty to do. Tweet. I would echo all that. State of the game right now is amazing. I do have one plea for Frontier though. Please please please. The power play module. When I go and I buy my <laughs> media propaganda or whatever it is that I'm buying and I gotta buy it ten at a time and then click pay hundred thousand ten at a time click pay a hundred thousand please FDev make it so you can just tally up the total say you're gonna owe this many millions or billions of credits hit the button let me load that shit into my cargo hold and go about my business Please. Uh, I no, want to take no. an opportunity to echo that real quick because I was a founder of Lee Hungry's Serious Gov and I spent two years doing power play heavily. I was thinking about going back to it until I pledged to Ashling for my shields and had to get my allotments, and that alone completely killed the desire. No, 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 my friends. Simple power, power play merits via combat. This information comes from. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I still don't think it's as fast. <clears throat> well, I, don't, I don't think doing it combat is as fast as spending the money up. to get it. Let me, finish, let me finish what I'm saying here, and then you tell me if you think so. If you'd rather not spend your time fast-tracking cargo for Power Play Leader just to get a module, you can also do it through combat via one of the oldest tricks in the Power Play arsenal. Here you go. You head to any control system of an enemy power you'd like to undermine. Upon arrival, locate the nav beacon and lock onto it. Uh, uh, for this, you won't be dropping into the nav beacon. However, instead, you're going to fly past the nav beacon as close to 10 kilometers uh, uh, past it as you can. Now, I've done it, and I've dropped in 40 kilometers or 80 kilometers out. It's, this trick still works. The easiest way is just to throttle down to zero in Super Cruise. Coast until you pass the safe disengage range. So now you're out of range, and you spam the drop key right after that. That should put you 10 kilometers or so out, which will work. From here, in this tiny area, only the power play ships will spawn usually in groups of three. This is a great way to get trade ship materials even more powerful when doubly paired with the Anarchy control system where you won't be charged for the murders. So if you go to uh, Lao Sang, L-A-U-S-A-N-G, it's a great place for this, unless you're working with an Imperial power. If so, Archon Delaney's Wirnako, W-I-R-N-A-K-O, works. Uh, it's independent power to assault. So the trick is don't go to the nav beacon where you have a couple power play ships mixed in with other ones. Do that trick to go past it and get only the power play stuff. And like I said, anarchy systems, you pair it, it works beautifully. Um, I did this and in not that long, 
I, I literally did it for a short while and got the 750 merits. And it was about the same time, maybe a little more than doing the stuff, but it wasn't, if you go right to the beacon, like you're quote unquote supposed to, it takes fucking forever to get those ones to spawn. But if you just go to the, if you use that trick to go past the sweet spot into this weird zone where only the power play ships spawn, you get it way, way, way faster. Have you tried good, using that method? Good tip, but I still think it's easier to go to the station and buy the crap, and there's no reason we have to do it 10 at a time. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes five minutes to, if you just stay raiding one, it takes five minutes to allocate all the cargo, which is ridiculous. That's <clears> excess <throat> of what people were complaining about with the fleet carrier uh balance transfer interface um fair enough but i do have I mean, to say though the that commodity method... market it used to take a while to load up your commodity market to buy things like that but they made that go super fast there's no reason they can't apply that to the power play module yeah they, well, they need to make the whole thing that. done it's, the, it's a different it's an entirely different problem the power play module the problem isn't that it takes forever to scroll the problem is is they arbitrarily break it up into groups of 10 which I say, fine, still have it in groups of 10 and charge me for it, but let me do it all up front. Let me choose right. to put right. 750 tons yep. in there and say, are you sure you want to do that? Because we're going to charge you 75 times and let me go, exactly. yeah, give it to me. All right, Please, fair enough. F-Dev. But yeah. I wanted to share that with people because there are some people that will yeah. say, hey, yep. man, I need Good engineering tip. mats. And with doing that trick, I'm only fighting the ships that I actually want, not the other ones. And there's two locations I can go to that are anarchy systems, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think that that is definitely the much more engaging option. And honestly, while I was doing it for Ashling this last week, I really wish I had thought about doing that. All right. I know, was it Roy that I didn't get to yet? Roy and Ben for the... No, you got me. I think it's just Ben. Ben. What was the question again? I, you couldn't talk about power so long, I can't remember. The question is, state of the game. So you just say anything that you want to talk about for anything we missed or anything you want to add or just you're liking the game right now. It's an 8 out of 10. It's a 10 out of 10. How you feeling? Whatever. Love it, loving it. Um, Chuffed. There's future stuff coming in. I'll reserve judgment until I see it, but dear God, I hope it's as good as I, as I pray it is. I'm going to take the opportunity now to say something, uh, and this is going to be a little awkward, but here's the thing. I love you, Frontier, and when you love somebody, you tell them the truth, even if you're not happy with something. I'm going to say something now that I said somewhere else that I don't know if it's going to get edited out or if it's going to get played, but I'm going to say something. I'm part of a ambassador program with Frontier, with other content creators, and I'm super happy and pleased and proud and and so thankful to be a part of that however i will say that i don't understand why lave radio was left out of that group i don't feel that that uh decision makes sense i don't think that it's justifiable and i will go as far as to say that lave radio has been the single most important source of news in the elite dangerous galaxy going all the way back to pre-fucking Kickstarter, like pre-release of the game. And that... Post-Kickstarter, pre... Yeah. Going back to the alpha. Pre-release, pre-alpha, whatever. Wave Radio is elite community royalty. That is plain and simple. 
So the, the, the point that, that I made that somewhere else, which again, like I said, I don't know if it's going to get edited or played, but it, it is that there is not any reason that I can think of that makes sense why Lave Radio has not been included in that group. I've said it publicly. I've said it more than once. Um, and if the only reason why it hasn't happened is because there were a limited number of slots for some reason, as much as I am happy and proud to be in there, I would give up my slot for Lave Radio because they, they deserve to be there. So I'm, I'm going to say that, and I hope that that's not super awkward or super whatever. But when, again, when you love somebody, and I love Frontier, you tell them the truth when they need to make a change, and that's a change that should be made. All right, Ben, any other thoughts before we go? I guess I'll come down on, on something Colin said about that situation. Colin isn't sure he'd actually want to be in that group um, because he doesn't want any advance notice on any any of the story stuff. He doesn't want any advance notice on any of the any of the goss, basically. Mm. Um, I will say that Live Radio as a live show that records on Tuesday evenings, so long as information doesn't drop between 12 o'clock midday on a on a Tuesday and 8pm or later on a Tuesday we usually are able to catch it mm. um, on the other hand if Lave Radio were about producing the videos so let's, let's pretend Lave Radio released Galnet News or content like uh, Obsidian Ant does on the buzz. Hmm. If we were to be releasing audio, short form audio content that was time sensitive, I would be extremely pissed off. Um, because obviously you, the buzz, Obsidian Ant, Exegius, y'all have a couple of days at least notice to get your stories written, get your content recorded, and then when Frontier make the drop, you can just say, go live now. Whereas we'd have to... Content creators who are not in the group have to take the time, think about what they're doing, get the content recorded, and people who are in this, in the club, get a advantage there. I don't think it negatively affects Slave Radio. But if we had these other things, then yes, I'd be pissed off. Okay. Well, I'm going to... I'm done beating the drum. I'm going to let it go. This is... Yeah, that's don't my get yourself in trouble, man. But I, I just felt like it needed to be said publicly, not just privately. Uh, so, whatever. I've said my piece, and now I'll let it drop. All right. Uh... Uh, Roy, say goodbye to the beautiful people. Stay safe, have fun, keep busy, everyone. Arson, do your bit. The bit with the fire? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> You're tweaking, you I'll bring a blowtorch next time. Don't worry. All right. Uh, tweaked. Say goodbye to the beautiful people. 
Happy Friday night, everybody. I hope you guys all had a good time. And remember, don't burn out. Don't don't do the grinds. Don't grind so hard that you burn out of this game because this is a beautiful, deep game that there's always something else to, to, to take your attention off from the grinds. Y'all know, know what I'm going to say. As Bill and Ted said, be excellent to each other. The final words on the sign-off go to our good friend, Commander Edelweiss from Lave Radio. Do it to it, Thank bro. you all very much for listening to Elite Week. Uh, they record live on Friday evenings at stupid o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and until next time, Commanders, if you can't do that, sleep safe. And if you can't do that, sleep dangerous. <laughs> Arson, play us out. <laughs> you got it. <laughs>